The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you. We are coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are live online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. That's right. You can check us out on Facebook Live and chime in there on what you would like to talk about on this Tuesday afternoon. Steve Hill already saying Clipper. Robert Matthews saying good afternoon, Mr. Brock, Shirley, and Chan Man. We've got Mr. Brock. We've got Chan Man. But that is not Shirley. That is intern Jalen, who is here today running the video side of things. We appreciate his efforts. And uh, make sure you are subscribed to us on YouTube, Pirate Radio TV. Got Mike Houston's press conference. Got some player interviews. Tomorrow we'll have the coordinators up, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Carroll. They'll meet with the media coming up uh, late afternoon on Wednesday. So we'll have it all there for you as we get ready for another game week. East Carolina taking on Temple this Saturday. We will get to the line in a moment. The Pirates are big favorites against the Temple Owls coming up on Saturday. Uh, Coming up on today's program, Ken Watlington from WNCT Channel 9 was at Truist Park over the weekend watching the Braves win and lose in the World Series against the Houston Astros. So we'll talk about his trip. We'll talk some World Series. We'll talk some local high school sports as well, as uh, Ken does a great job uh, chipping in with Double B, Brian Bailey at Channel 9, covering uh, high school football and other things. And uh, we've got a couple of high school coaches joining us this week on the show. Will Bland, former Pirate receiver, now head football coach at J.H. Rose, will join us on Wednesday. And we'll also talk to Nate Connor, D.H. Conley head coach, as they get ready for round one of the state high school football playoffs. So we'll talk to them later on in the week. Ken Watlington joins us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. At 4 o'clock, we'll talk to the head baseball coach of the Pirates, Cliff Godwin. It is fall ball. It is purple and gold World Series weekend coming up and some opportunities for you to go out and see the pirates play some baseball i don't care about the weather i can't control the weather don't want to talk about the weather i will be interviewing cliff godwin at four o'clock technically i already recorded the interview so i will tell you that one of us brought up the weather either myself or cliff godwin who does not want to talk about the weather and i'll just say this it wasn't me as shaggy once said it it, wasn't me it wasn't me um so we uh will discuss the weather because it looks like a nice weather weekend uh november 5th friday 3 30 you can check out the pirates before the football game on saturday a 10 50 start time at clark leclerc stadium uh 10 50 on november 6th november 7th noon uh you can see the purple gold world series and uh coach goblin will give some details on that when we talk to him at four o'clock also um 
the Pirates will be getting their rings. Uh, a little breaking news on Saturday as well. Cliff Godwin will talk about that as you can watch them uh, get those rings at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium coming up on Saturday when the Pirates take on the Temple Owls. We'll be with you 11 a.m. coming up Saturday morning. Maybe we'll have some live uh, look-ins at Clark LeClaire Stadium on Saturday. We'll get some yeah. uh, a man or woman on the scene to give us some baseball updates on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Absolutely. I was going to say add it to the, the Buck scoreboard, but you stole But it. I done said but it. But you done said it. Uh, Chan Man looking good in the uh, the mint today. It's uh, Greg Norman. You know, that's funny. I brought him up on Friday with Greeny. Not Mike Greenberg. Mark Greenhill. I was about to say, what? Yeah, no. Mark Greenhill's way bigger than uh, Greenberg. Oh, yeah. Um, because Greg Norman's getting involved in a competing golf not tournament but golf league golf league what's the word i'm looking for tour tour i think is the word i was looking for um and greg norman is putting his money and his face and his name behind it and i asked greeny if uh his apparel was still a thing i said i haven't seen a lot of squiggly lined shirts or hats or visors like i did uh in the 90s when uh the shark gear was all out well, apparently it still is a thing. Yeah, because Chan Man's rocking it today. It's definitely not as popular as it was back in the day, but I, I still like his apparel and his merchandise. So, uh, especially this pullover here, it keeps me warm, and uh, I like What'd the look. Say, I like, I like keep, the look of it. Does it keep you cozy? Keeps me cozy. All right, good. All right, uh, so Ken Wildington, Cliff Godwin, we'll hear from Mike Houston what he had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference. And also, Jeff Nadeau, the big man on campus, will join us. What does he think about the East Carolina line? Also, folks, if you're not into Game 6 of the World Series tonight, we got action. We got three college football games tonight. So, uh, you know, three tonight, two tomorrow, uh, a full midweek of college football. That's always a good thing. Uh, Steven Igo joins us at 5 o'clock, and we'll talk about it all. Pirate football, pirate baseball, and pirate hoops as well. All right, we'll uh, get to today's rundown, and we'll start with that line, which is 17. So when I typed out the sheet earlier today, it was 17. I see it now at 16. Still, East Carolina, a big favorite against the Temple Owls, total sitting in the mid-50s. But Chandler, are you uh, prepared to back the Pirates, no matter who they play, as a favorite that big? Mm, Yeah, I mean, well, we talked about it last week about how weird it is to see the Pirates favored by so much, especially in conference play. We saw it last week with a 10-point favorite for ECU over South Florida. They ended up covering. Um, and then also this week, uh, which did it, it started out at 15, and now it's at 17. So uh, Pirates, uh, you know, I talked to you off the air last week about, and actually it was against the Houston game, um, how this defense, the way this defense plays week in and week out, uh, back-to-back games, not allowing a point in the second half. Uh, I'm really starting to get uh, very confident in the Pirates as they uh, look to uh, end the season with four games left. So, 17, mm, I was scared to take them last week, <laughs> and I didn't. I did. And you hit. Yeah. Pirates this week, 17-point favorite they're... against Temple, who is very – 
bad bad they're playing everybody close though even south florida wasn't a sure win in the well at at the half i thought we were going to have a brutal fifth Mm. quarter uh but again a dominant second half so that's a lot of points to be to be back in the pirates right now yeah i mean i don't know right now i'm i'm not looking to take that but uh what's all did jeff nay do about it's flattering that the pirate i I guess you could say it's flattering that the pirates that the pirates are favored by that much also Um, says a lot about temple exactly yeah so i don't know we'll talk more temple football later in the week with ryan walling uh from 24 7 sports owls 24 7 as uh the great harry donahue best voice in the uh aac like the most classic announcer voice so we were supposed to get him on that was in the summer when we were supposed to do preview previews and stuff in the summer and harry donahue said sure we'll talk to you and then the morning we were supposed to be calling him later that afternoon he said i'm going to be unable to um to do it because i will not be calling temple owls football anymore so it was a situation where the and i don't know how it all works but the what img learfield and they couldn't come to an agreement with donahue so uh we will not be talking temple football with harry donahue we will be uh talking with ryan wallen uh later on this week about what the owls are doing uh wrong why are they a 16 17 point dog to east carolina we'll find out later on in the week all right uh chandler we are one week away do you know where we're one week away from it has to be pirate hoops pirate hoops east carolina will host south carolina state next tuesday at 7 p.m inside of uh mingy's coliseum williams arena mingy's coliseum also kim mcneil's pirates will be on the road next tuesday as they take on middle tennessee that is an 8 30 p.m tip off man how about that commitment for the women's uh basketball maya joiner yep from down the road from the basketball factory that is farmville that's right so uh a big uh, love to see these local kids stay I think here i saw she was a four-star yeah i mean she was getting recruited by some really big name schools so uh great to see her sticking around eastern north carolina and playing for the pirates that that could be a uh that could be you know the first domino to fall of maybe some really good kids from the area sticking home and uh playing with the pirates playing for the pirates so that's awesome so we got hoops coming up next tuesday night i'll have to see if uh if clip rock jr will be attending that one chandler but as of right now i'm planning on going how about you let's do it i'm i'm down i'm so excited for this uh basketball season as i am every single year for (laughs) ecu basketball um but uh with some of these new faces showing up in mingy's this year i'm i'm very excited so uh look i'm i might be in mingy's next week jalen uh can uh i want to make sure you can hear me so i i was always a big basketball fan i am an ecu basketball fan i do know it's tough for students to get into something that is not a winner so on that note uh how many basketball games do you think you'll be attending this year i'm gonna go with half the home games okay that's That's not fair i mean that's why not why not all the home games (laughs) because i feel like some some are gonna be like middle of the week 
Middle of You'll week. have tests. Let him Blowouts. answer. Let Blowouts. him in. Blowouts. So you don't care to see them play against South Carolina State, Canisius, teams like that. I, I don't. But for like a conference game, like the conference opener Wednesday night against Wichita State on December 29th. Well, you might be. You, you can count me in for that one. I think All right. Wichita State's a pretty big name. All right. So for you, it's going to take a big name opponent to get into Minji's. That, that attracts me. Okay, I, I don't like to hear that, but that is totally fair, and I totally understand. But you know what? That's probably the mindset of a lot of students. It is, and and I, I totally get it. Like um, in, in Memphis, Penny Hardaway comes into town. I yeah. Don't know, yeah. I know a lot of my friends. I used to go to almost every single one, and I, and I tried to beg my friends to come with me, but uh, especially like when Memphis would come to town, oh, let's go. Then they're like dragging me to the game. I'm like, what's the deal? Oh, well, you know who the head coach is? Yeah, I know who the head coach is. The basketball games are very underrated, though. That they are. And it gets, it's a lot of fun when it gets loud and rocking uh, in Minji's Coliseum. So Memphis is coming January 15th. That's on a Saturday. That'll probably be the biggest crowd of the year because you've got a good team. Who knows if they, they might be top 10, top 15 by then. But you've got Penny. And you've got Larry Brown. Larry Brown. And you've got probably the main attraction, Rashid Wallace on the bench for Memphis wow. as an assistant coach. It's like a celebrity staff uh, since he's been there because they, they had uh, Mike Miller. M- Mike Miller. Yeah. Who covered up all his tats with the uh, suit. Yeah. Uh, I guess coaches aren't wearing suits anymore, though, right? They're going like cash. Well, they did last year. I know yeah. the NBA did. And, uh, and I told myself and I told my roommate, who's a big NBA fan, I said, I don't believe you'll ever see suits in basketball every, again. But before you told your roommate, your roommates, you told yourself? Yeah. Did you like talking into a mirror? And I said, look. I said, I said, look. I, I said coaches are not going to wear suits again probably. How often do you talk to yourself like that? I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> a lot, dude. It's kind of scary. <laughs> when you're like... So when I was, There's a lot of times people go, what did you say? I'm like, nah, I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> it happens a lot. I was uh, driving in a vehicle recently that did not have a working radio, and you just find yourself with your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And like then I would find myself, like at stoplights, either singing a song or like... Just, with no radio? No, like to myself. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, to myself, no radio. Acapella. You are the radio. I is the radio. So... um we need to do a, uh, a video of Chandler just giving himself pep talks in the mirror. I like that. Got Pirate Alive coming up in 10 minutes. <laughs> get hyped. Got to get the graphics ready, baby. All right, game six tonight. Astros are a favorite in the game tonight. This is uh, this is interesting. Houston's a favorite tonight. You can get them at almost like plus 200 if you think they're going to win the series. So, basically what I'm saying is, if you think they're going to win tonight, would you not just take them to go ahead and win the series? Might as well. Instead of going like minus 130 tonight, take go plus 200 or whatever it is, plus 190 to win the series because they're likely going to be favored in game seven yeah, too, right? Yeah, if they win the night and they tie the series up, they're definitely going to be favorites in game seven. Now, the Braves have a much better pitching situation starters for sure but you could argue bullpen as well for sure, for sure. um 
I don't even I don't know how much that matters when you get the Astros playing in the minute made and the way they can score runs in bunches. Who did you say was on the mound tonight for tonight both teams? They had, for the Braves? For both teams. The Braves have uh Max Freed. Um I'll check on the Astros. But they they got a bunch of I don't want to overlook anybody, but like no names. I mean the Braves have Max Freed and Ian Anderson still left to go. Of course, Charlie Morton was injured. Uh, so he is unavailable. But Max Freed against Luis Garcia tonight, and then they don't have any probables for Wednesday, but it'll be Ian Anderson pitching for Atlanta if there is a Game 7 on Wednesday night. So, Speaking of Charlie Morton, Derrick Henry uh, uh, doing his best Charlie Morton impression on Sunday because apparently he broke his foot mid-game and then like finished the game out. Man, that's a, uh, that's a warrior right there. Um Oh man, my mom showing some love. She she said I love Chandler. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she did not. Pam Brock, a Chandler fan. My dad and your dad's a Chan yeah. fan. Yeah. Hey. And, uh, right now you have a fan club of two, and it's just my parents. <laughs> it's had. To, oh wow. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> you know what? Is as if it's if it's Pam and Clip. What senior? Junior. Junior. Yeah. That's all I need in my life. <laughs> All right. And I have my parents that I hope are my fans. Chandler's uh, big with the parents. My parents don't tune in anymore because they, when I was like an intern and I'd get on the show, they would like be on there, oh my God. And I used to be like. Now you're just like. Like, no, don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, you still on the show? Yeah, I'm on there every day. Jalen, are your family members big fans of Chandler? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> sure, why <laughs> not? big fans of me. Hey, <laughs> good. You bring them up. If you bring up my name to your parents, they're probably like, who, who? the hell is that? Who are you talking about? Um, all right, so Jalen's family members, big fans of Jalen. That's the way it should be. Brennan says he'll join the fan club. All it, right. It's growing. That's good. The Chan Man Fan Club is officially growing. Thanks to your mom. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like an insult. No, 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 no. No, hey, no. I'll talk about my mom. Thanks, Pam. <laughs> All right, uh, and finally, last on the uh, agenda today, how much are y'all following this uh, monkey story? I I saw, I saw it for like ten seconds. It apparently is a special teams coordinator for what team? What Texas? So yeah, Texas. What is the uh, gentleman's name that was hired by the Texas Longhorns? Jeff Banks. So somebody, the first I saw last night was Tom Campbell uh, who tweeted out, I'm hearing a report. Do you know anything about this, Jalen? Do you know what we're talking about? I do not. Oh, good. I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special teams coach Jeff Banks's monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. This is crazy. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. That's like, what, dude, this is complete BS, whatever. Well, that is false because it's not his monkey. The monkey. It ain't my monkey. Belongs to Pole Assassin. Now, what is, or who is Pole Assassin? Pole Assassin is a woman. Her name is, I guess, Danny on Twitter at Danny, D A N I underscore A N D J B. Um, she said on Twitter last night, people lie so much. It's ridiculous. Stop believing everything you hear and more what you see shaking my head. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, nothing happened. But then she responded to, uh, 
<laughs> he responded to some other tweets and said, no one was viciously attacked. That's a lie. A whole lie. She was not a part of any haunted house. The kid did not have permission to be on the other side of my property. So wait, now there is a monkey. There's confirmed monkey and there's a kid involved. So we went from like, oh, this is just a false made up story to wait. There is a kid and there's a monkey. Apparently, Danny, oh, she's pole assassin because she's a former stripper. I'd failed to mention that Jeff Banks left. Yeah, you got to mention that. He left his wife uh, for the former stripper named pole assassin who was featured on the Jerry Springer show back in the day. <laughs> this is all real. What? Oh, you're kidding. This, no, no way. This is like an SNL skit. This is all real. She did have a haunted house on uh, the side of her house gated off. Um, somebody on Twitter named Luke said, is the monkey vaccinated? This could be serious. It's really good. She's responding to all these people sending joke tweets. She said, yes, she's had all of her shots. She's an emotional support animal who is not to be touched she's uh she speak by command of high five no one is allowed to touch her unless i myself say it okay so apparently there was a monkey attack on a child and pole assassin <laughs> i would just call her that that's her name right pole assassin is is basically saying that the child was somewhere the child was not supposed to be in the in the monkeys area there is video i'm watching now video of pole assassin look at that with a monkey on a stripper pole on a pole and she's giving him money she's giving the monkey money giving high fives to the monkey yeah make sure you don't show that to the camera well i mean she's clothed barely she's got clothes on the monkey seems to be naked but, it's a monkey uh, uh yeah so wow what a story Jalen, sorry your young guys had to see all this but this is real life man this is what's happening in so college football that like that story was so crazy i forgot like how was the special teams coordinator involved in this again <laughs> so this is his girlfriend wow he, dude. he left his wife for the pole assassin wow um the pole assassin that's crazy oh there's a clip there so she was on jerry springer doing her act during one point in time wow pole assassin she do does she do like halftime shows like the one girl with the bowls on her head oh uh, uh red panda yeah is that the name yeah, yeah. uh we'll see if ken watlington knows any more about this story <laughs> he's a newsman <laughs> maybe he's done some digging i don't know uh we need to take a break jerry springer tweeted this was in 2017 pole assassin equals goat is this the greatest pole dancer to ever hit our stage so she is a star she has a monkey that monkey allegedly bit a kid on halloween and i can't wait to hear jeff banks's press conference is he talking to the press this week the specialty coordinator Yeah. yeah we need to hear from him all right so there's your uh your monkey business story of the day when we return we'll talk some baseball some local sports and life with ken wadlington wnct channel 9 he joins us after this
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they need, uh, need more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to sub- submit your resume and learn more. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We will hear from the head coach of the East Carolina Baseball Pirates at 4 o'clock. Cliff Goblin got some fall ball, Purple Gold World Series coming up. Also, we'll ask him about the scrimmages uh, his team has had with Liberty and Virginia. Talk about uh, a few of the new players, the returners, and more. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll hear uh, from the head football coach of the Pirates at around 425. Mike Houston had his weekly press conference earlier today. So all those comments. We still got the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, and Stephen Igo joining us on the program. But right now, we will welcome in Ken Watlington from WNCT at Channel 9. Fellow Braves fan. Yes, sir. And uh, feeling... A tad confident for tonight? Not one bit. <laughs> you are worse than me when it comes to giving up on things. You know, it's uh, it's uh, something I do. It's that reverse psychology you try oh, yeah, to get yeah. going, the reverse mojo, and you hope it works. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel very good. Do you? I feel kind of good. I don't know. About as good as I could. Yeah. Uh, obviously did not want this thing going back to Houston. but uh, that was Me good. either. And if it had ended on Sunday night, you would have been there to see it live. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was still one of the best sports experiences I've had, and I've been to a lot of games through work and just as a fan through the years. And you know, when Adam Duvall hit that grand slam in the first inning, uh, the place shook, and you know, strangers are hugging each other, kids are crying, they're so excited. It was amazing. And then, you know, the rest of the game happened. That was the Braves version of twenty-eight to three. Yeah, it uh, appears Kinda, four yeah. to nothing early in that game. Uh, was it? It was probably Sunday night when you said, "At least I'll get to beat the traffic." Yes, that was. Uh, I did not beat the traffic. <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I say that in a joking manner. I know there was I know. no way I was going to leave that game early, I, and a lot of people did. Surprisingly, I was going to be the guy that. Oh, I heard you were at the game. The Braves clinched. Yeah, we left in the seventh. <laughs> I was not going to be that guy. <laughs> So you uh, you were in the standing room only section that, yes. that truest how uh, which isn't that great when you're only five eight <laughs> right you know a lot of a lot of people standing up but no it was still great to be in there and and you needed Bailey around you could have got on his shoulders or something <laughs> <would've happened. laughs> or he would just yell at people and scare them and get them out of the way that could work too yeah. uh, so you did see a uh, a victory Saturday yeah in the battery yeah that was phenomenal just so the that's way just they like had a giant it set party up. right yeah it was they they had it set up with. You know, big screens throughout all the streets. They were blocked off. They had DJs playing at every corner in the pregame and uh, a lot of alcohol and a lot of good food. And, and, I mean, I think they said there was twenty to 30,000 people outside the stadium on Saturday and Sunday, which, I mean, it was, it was a great environment. What a cool experience, though, to see your team in the World Series. And I was thinking about, like, myself, the games I've attended. I haven't been to a lot of postseason games. I saw the Canes and Capitals in the playoffs, and the Canes won, and that was a, a yeah. great experience. Um, back when, uh, and and this was past Washington's glory days, but I saw Redskins Cowboys Monday Night Football when they had Aikman, Irvin, Emmett. It was kind of the tail end of those days. Okay, 
but Gus Perot and Washington <laughs> won, Whoa. and uh, that might That's have been good. the coolest game I've ever been to. I saw Duke Carolina in the ACC championship during the Jamison and Carter years. So like, but I hadn't been to. You know, ECU Miami and Carter Finley might be the best game I was ever attended because the the storyline there. But I don't know. I don't know if you could top uh, Brave. Like, what's is that your top game you've ever been to? Um, it's I, hard to say because they lost. They lost five. I, so uh, my dad went to Carolina. He's a big Tar Heel guy, and I was living in Toledo, Ohio, in two thousand nine, and the Final Four was in Detroit. So he came up, and we went to all the Final Four games, okay. and, and they won the championship. So to be there with my dad and to see him so happy, I think, you know, just sentimentally, that was just the best to be there with him and, and to share that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, postseason-wise, I think I went to one Hurricanes game back in the day, and they lost. Yeah. and you know, Kane's that, playoff games are yeah. electric. I, I want to do that again. I've been to a lot of stuff covering games, but as a fan, I think yeah. being there Sunday night just strictly – didn't have to work, didn't have to do a, a report afterwards or anything like that. That was probably one of the, the better moments, despite actually what happened. And it went from, you talked about like people crying and hugging that oh, yeah. Grand Slam to when the, did you sense the despair setting in? Like the, uh-oh. Yes. Like quickly. The Atlanta <laughs> fan experience. Because yeah. you're, you're a, are you, you're still a Washington football team fan. Yes, right? I am. Like yes. myself. There's a few of us left. <laughs> and uh, so you're not a Falcons fan, so you didn't care about the Super Bowl from years ago. Um, the Hawks are kind of irrelevant. Like yeah. Trey Young's good, but so it's all about. They did, didn't they make the Eastern Finals last year? Yeah, I mean Trey Young. Like, they beat New York. He was talking junk to the folks in the Garden. That yeah, was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, so no Hornets. Uh, yeah, except last night in this five game road trip that they're probably going to lose every game. The but. point is we can't have anything too good. <laughs> no, we right? Can't. We can't. Just good enough is as close as we're going to get, unless the Braves can break the seal tonight. And win the World Series. So I was uh, 13, 14 when they won in 95. Yeah. And I thought, man, we're about to win like 12 World yeah. Series in a row. And that's, that's coming off, you know, 91, 92. Yeah. We're in the World Series. Yeah. Okay, they're going to break through. And then the 96 World Series happens where they're up two games to none in Yankee Stadium. And, and they've been in, this will be their third since 95. Right. Because they had lost to the Yankees twice. Yep. And then and this one. So uh, it's been a long wait, Ken, and uh, hopefully they can get it done tonight. Hopefully they'll get it done. Acuna comes back next year. They got some big free agent signings. This is going to be a dynasty. Oh, it is. It is. In fact, yesterday, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you the question LRB <laughs> asked me, because yesterday was my birthday. He said, for Happy your birthday. birthday. You're too late, bro. I, I did. How did I not see that on Twitter? Hit me next year. I'll try. I'll um, he said, for your birthday, would you rather the Braves win the World Series this year or... Dan Snyder sell Washington. <laughs> I thought for a moment, and it is an easy decision, and it's an easy decision for me because of what you just said. Acuna's back. This team is going to be there for years and years to come. They're going to win one. But if I have any opportunity to get Snyder out of Washington, I'm taking it. I agree, but uh, what if Freddie Freeman signs with the Dodgers in the offseason? <laughs> <laughs> Only you could find a way to ruin the Bring Braves. Bring back down to earth. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what would you choose, though? Oh, uh, yeah, get Dan <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's right. go. What do you think Freddie's going to do? He's, he's got to Well, it's stay, up to right? Atlanta, right? I mean, he's it's not up stay. to him. No. Like, I mean, give him the contract. Just bring out the bank truck and give yeah, him the Yeah, what, what are we doing? It's not like there's a salary cap. You know, that home run he hit 
Sunday night. Oh man, I don't think it's come down yet. I mean, that was that was phenomenal, and you know, maybe not as exciting in the stadium as the Grand Slam, but. You know, a lot of talk of Freddie not being able to do it in the postseason. He's had a pretty decent postseason. He has. Struggled last year um, and has had a great one this year. And I guess, uh, how about the the back-to-back on Saturday? Out of nowhere, Dansby Swanson opposite field. And then Solaire's went like 10 feet off the ground yeah that was an absolute laser shot it's funny you mentioned sunday you know how the despair set in after the astros retook the lead it was the exact opposite saturday because it just seemed like the braves couldn't get anything going i was joking with my buddy pulling out my phone looking up the uber trying to you know say well the prices aren't too bad right now if we leave now <laughs> and i was just obviously i wasn't gonna leave but that's just how i work yeah and then dansby hits the home run i'm like okay well, this is real this is real and then 90 seconds later Man. oh we're winning so yeah, it changed quickly. You're rocking the uh, the Murphy, yes, sir. All right, the shout out three. to Murphy. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Is he not the like the coolest guy ever? Like everything I see on Twitter, fans are going. He's got a bar, or restaurant, he does. and uh, I went. Uh, I was there for the Dodgers series back in June, and, and me and some friends went to Murphs and some good food, some cheese curds, and I a lot of times he's there. Food. Because I've and seen he was well, he wasn't in the restaurant, but he was doing uh, an autograph signing in that little uh, Cobb Galleria Mall area that same day. But we yeah. didn't get to talk to him. But he just seems like the nicest, coolest dude ever. So and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Three hundred ninety-eight career home runs. If he hits two more, the the you know the the sight of seeing four hundred up there, he'd probably be in. But get know. him in the Hall of Fame. Get uh, Washington return legend Brian Mitchell in the Hall of Fame. That's a good point too. Good point. And, and back to, quick on Dale Murphy. There's only two multiple MVPs. Not in the Hall of Fame. Can you name the other besides Dale Murphy? What uh, what era are we talking about? In the last 30 years. Okay. So he's been an MVP more than once and not, not in not the Hall of Fame. Fame. Oh, is it uh, like Barry Bonds? Yeah. It's got to be steroid related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, And Murph was on the natural farm strength. That's right. Just this country Wait, boy uh, no. from Utah. All right, uh, Ken, let's take a time out. Can you stick with us? Sure. We'll, uh, we'll talk i got to do the news in like an hour, but I'll be there. <laughs> Look, he'll get there. It's fine. It's right down the road. You'll get stuck on that train and maybe <laughs> miss probably. it. Probably. Somebody will pick you up. Uh, we will talk some local sports, more sports with Ken Watlington when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back from Sales to Service. Greenville Auto World has all your vehicle needs covered. Shop all their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair repair facility brakes oil changes tires inspections and they can repair any kind of vehicle greenville auto world across from speedway at bell's fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net thanks to tim sutton and jim rogers greenville auto world now let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host clip rock Alrighty, back with you on pirate radio live chandler the nationals fan boo <clears throat> no offense Ron- ronnie woodward also a nationals fan i um uh, and who was I talking to? Oh, Casey that works with ECU Marketing. He's a Mets fan. He's a Mets fan. Oh, wow. And and he said, go Astros. And I was like, exactly. 
Like, I don't like y'all division rivals rooting for the Braves. I'm not going to root for you. You shouldn't root for me. Well, that's on you, bro. <laughs> how, how do you feel about this kid? You no, know, I mean, two years ago in the Nationals or in the World Series, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, of course, they were they were playing Astros, right? Yeah, they were. I hate the Astros, it was the worst. Uh, oh, I know. If it, was, uh, if, it, if it was somebody other than the Astros, then I would probably pull again. I just cannot stand the Astros, especially with the debacle that they went through a few years I understand. Ago. They are maybe, I guess, the most hated team Absolutely. in they, baseball. It was kind of like, Ken, being Washington fans when the Eagles and Patriots played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like, what do you do here? Do we just skip this one completely or – I pulled uh, for the Patriots, honestly. I definitely I, I, did. The, seeing the Eagles win the Super Bowl was one of the worst moments of my life. It was disgusting. I will say I did – I don't even know if root's the word. I didn't mind as much when the Giants beat the Patriots for whatever reason. I guess I hate the Giants the least amongst the NFC East teams, but Clearly it's, it's like Dallas. It. Yeah. And Philly. And Philly a distant second. Yeah. But still clearly second. Yeah. And then Giants, whatever. Yeah, who cares? I didn't realize Greenville was like full of NL East. Nats. I don't know if there's any Phillies fans. There's some O's fans uh, in the area, but yeah, huh. it's Braves country, buddy. Yes, it is. Superstation. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's play name that Brave. Okay. Uh, I've got. Uh, so the, the answer is Lonnie Smith. <laughs> what Brave would you like to party with? Well, that would be maybe Otis Nixon. I don't know. <laughs> Columbus County's own. Uh. So I got I had a poster. It's the last poster I remember having at my uh, parents' house of this power-hitting left-handed outfielder from the 90s era. era. Who is that power-hitting, left-handed, hitting outfielder? Klesko played first, right? Or was it Ryan Klesko? I got Klesko played in the outfield, okay. and he probably played some first, too. That is correct. I was a big Klesko guy. Well done. I, I mean, I was, even when he was coming up through the minors, I'm like, this is the next guy. He's, gonna, he's, you know, the next Dale Murphy, but he's left-handed, and he's like Babe Ruth. Remember, uh, like, magazines when they were a thing? Yeah. Sports Illustrated? Yeah, you had to actually flip through. and You, you know, had to read words? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, there was the one I remember now, like, Klesko was in, like, SWAT gear. Do you remember that? Did you get nah. Sports Illustrated yeah, back in the day? Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, I thought he was the coolest dude. And uh, so, all right, name that Braves uniform I had okay. other than Ronald Cunha Jr. He's another lefty. Oh, yeah, and, I know this. This is easy. It's And like uh, most fat kids, I played first base. Fred McGriff. This guy played first base, yeah. the crown dog, yeah. Fred McGriff. Love Fred McGriff. I mean, the trade – the home run when the stadium was on fire yeah the press box is like on a fire. legendary story <laughs> yeah welcome to atlanta so uh those teams man like i went back after a braves loss maybe to the dodgers or it might have been the first astros loss and watched the uh story of the 91 braves yeah on youtube yep and uh those were like those bring me back man i remember uh the 92 sid bream game and it was kind of one of those things like, oh, well, it's just not going to happen this year. It's just not going to happen. And then that happens. The most iconic moment maybe in Braves franchise history. And Yeah. I just, oh, wow. I get chills thinking about it. And it's been, what, 29 years? And I still hate – my hatred of the twins, I've kind of gotten over it, but not those twins. Like, I no. still hate Ken Herbeck. Anytime you see Jack Morris on the screen, it's like, oh, that guy. That big, ugly mustache. Dan <laughs> Gladden and the mullet. Kirby Puckett. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. And then for years, I had my hatred of Roberto Alomar as he's rounding third doing the chop yep, for yep. the uh, Blue Jays. So uh, sports but, hate. It's a good thing. But Alomar is on the 96, I mean the 95 uh, Indians, right? Wasn't he? 
Um, well, they had Carlos Baerga. Maybe I'm confused. I don't know. And Vizquel, that team was amazing. Jim Tomei, Man Ram. They had Lofton at the time because yep. we had Grissom and then got Lofton. I don't know if anybody's enjoying this other than us. Well, I love the Braves. And, and here's another, <laughs> another Braves. Uh, I just realized we're on the air. You talk about Eddie Rosario having this great postseason. Yeah. I never knew until all this happened when they started to put up the graphics that Marquise Grissom has the most postseason hits in Braves history, and he did it in back-to-back years. I that is crazy. I wouldn't have thought that. And then there was the stat about Eddie Perez – was it home runs, grand slams, or so? He had a, a record for the Braves that was uh, going in World Series games or something. So anyway. maybe thirty years from now, we won't be talking about Freddie, and you right. know, we'll be talking about Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler yeah. and Jock Peterson, <laughs> Adam Duvall. <laughs> yeah, um, that is a great bar bet to win. By the way, who caught the last out in the World Series in '95? Because people will say Otis Nixon or Kenny Lofton before they say grissom right i found that out i have not taken anybody's money from that but i could have won a lot of money in bars for them and now you've given away the secret and hopefully people won't fall for it oh they'll still fall for it <laughs> they're like i know what he said but it can't be true uh ken watlington joining us ken uh you are a newsman sure i was gonna ask you how do you do news isn't it so depressing but then i remembered how depressing sports is <laughs> so, yeah. hopefully not tonight and tomorrow that, you're correct uh but you do pitch in and help out brian bailey even said yesterday how much uh you are appreciated i don't know if he so tells he, you enough he, he did cash that check i, I sent him so that's yeah good. okay good right, thanks to him for saying that um but you'll uh help out when it comes to covering high school especially this time of year yep. because you've got all kinds of stuff going on with east carolina football there's pirate baseball purple gold world series you got uh east carolina basketball tipping off next tuesday and wow. throw in all the postseason high school sports coming up so your and, name's going to be called and there's like 35 teams from eastern north carolina <laughs> still alive so it's gonna be a be a fun week and uh jh rose in the playoffs we'll talk to will bland coming mm-hmm. up on the show tomorrow nate connor will join us later this week got a lot of uh, good area high school football teams going at it uh, this Friday night. And it's funny, Rose will get a home game. They'll take on Croatan out of Carteret County. And, you know, Rose started the season 0-3. And, and a couple of those games, they did not look good at all, especially that game against Cleveland out of yep. Johnston County. But then they, they run off about five straight, uh, end up falling short of a conference championship because Newburn ended up being really, really, really good. But, you know, Rose has a chance to make a little bit of noise, hopefully, in the, in the, in the 3A ranks. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to seeing what teams can advance in these playoffs. Uh, is Perry Washington putting more ranch Perry. on it? Perry Owens, <laughs> Perry I should Owens say, at Washington. Washington. Yeah, I think uh, they'll rally around that. Uh, I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but they got two dynamic guys on offense uh, with Hayes Pippen at quarterback and then Terry Moore, who's going to do the running back. So if you get those two guys hot and their defense can get some stops, maybe Washington can make some run. Make was, a run. was that you that got that interview? Yeah, that was, that was me, and I really wasn't sure what the heck he was talking about, but I'm putting it on Twitter because it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a, a viral moment yeah. for sure and uh, became uh, a, a battling cry, a uh, something you could rally behind. Put it's, some ranch on it. And uh, it's funny. Over the summer, he uh, he sent me a message on Twitter. I guess he was on vacation <clears throat> up in the mountains, and uh, it was just a, a can of that that ranch water. And he's like, <laughs> it's catching on, man. It's catching on. And was some ranch on it. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> oh, uh, it's funny too. Like he said it, and I don't think he meant for it to be as big as it was because he has like a million other of those yeah, phrases he's, too right yeah, he's, he's the guy with the one-liners and he's awesome yeah and uh that, that's a cool part of the gig too ken right getting to know these people like 
the coaches the players the the fans in the community the families like that that's a big part of local news right it's funny you know sometimes uh local news stations will say well sports don't matter you know sports don't matter as much as news and then well i saw a guy tweet from another market earlier this fall it's like okay here's uh the city council meeting with 12 people juxtaposed you know, juxtaposed with the uh the high school game with five thousand people well, which one doesn't matter you know <laughs> we're, we're given the top story at the news about the city council meeting where five people showed up and then friday night football the stadium's packed so i mean sports do matter and it's it's so good that we have a chance to, to to get out there and tell the stories of these people, the coaches and, and the players and, and the people behind the scenes that, that make such a the, difference. The fan that's been going to games for 55 years. And every school's got one of those. Yeah. You know, where it, it's, you know, Rose and our, and our buddy. Uh, um, Marvin Jarman. Yeah, Marvin Jarman. I almost called him Marty. Marvin Jarman uh, out at uh, in Washington. They got a guy, Sam, who's on the sidelines every night. Tarboro's got the guy with the flag. <laughs> You know, every, every school's got somebody like it's that. It's so neat. It's awesome. And uh, Friday Night Lights, check out uh, Touchdown Friday coming up this Friday night with Double B and the crew at WNCT Channel 9. Y'all got a new studio recently, right? We do. Uh, the power You were uh, watching the Braves on like a <laughs> yeah. giant TV. That was that, pretty cool. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, yeah, we, we're thankful that uh, the, the company ponied up the money because it was not cheap to get all that stuff in there. And it took a couple of months to get it up and running and then a couple more weeks to give us time to figure out how to use it all so uh you'll be on the air at six uh five an hour and eight minutes from now I'll, all right i'll be on the air. are you wearing the murph uh it'll be close by <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll suit up and you will not be on this evening no i took the night off to watch some baseball i'm, I'm not stupid it's not, not my first rodeo but i kind of i mean wouldn't it be cool if you were live on the air at 11 and like a big moment happens and you're you forget exactly what important story you're talking about. I think the FCC would come calling, honestly, <laughs> if something big happened uh, yeah. one way or the other. And don't want any expletives on the air. <laughs> All right, Ken, thanks for hanging out, man. Appreciate I think it, this man. would be a good way to like get some nerves out talk it through nah Nah, it didn't work okay all right well i tried i'll come back to this moment if they win and say thanks clip yeah and then we're gonna have to do this every world series game six for the rest of our lives or just any game ever that's important to us (laughs) that's true that's true uh unfortunately there will be no more important washington football team games in 2021 you know who they got next right uh do not i haven't looked at it you guess well they're off this week right are they off this week i'm pretty sure oh well thank god their next game is against the bucks Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Woo. Well, hey, we almost beat them last time we played them. Yeah. I feel a lot different about Taylor Heineke now than I did that night when he was scoring touchdowns and looking good against the Bucks. He hasn't been terrible. Yeah, but he hasn't been great. Nah, he is what he is. Thank you, <laughs> Chase Young. All right. Ken, thanks for hanging out, bud. Appreciate it. Anytime. Ken Wildington, WNCT Channel 9, Braves fan, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk more baseball. Cliff Godwin will join us to talk some fall ball purple gold world series coming up this weekend we'll talk about the scrimmages with liberty and with virginia and a lot more with cliff goblin when we return on a tuesday edition of pirate radio live back with you after this
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media on facebook twitter and instagram at pr 927 fm join the close to fifty thousand followers today at pr 927 fm now let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host clip rock all righty big hour two on table here what mike houston had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference also the big man on campus jeff nadu got cliff goblin coming up in just a couple of minutes real quick uh, a lot of nfl nudes and notes from today terrible story uh here as henry ruggs the third will be charged with driving under the influence and uh, that resulted in the death of a person uh, who was involved in a traffic collision early tuesday morning in las vegas so um it reminded me of the the dante stallworth story um but this one henry ruggs uh was under the influence when he struck another car and uh killed uh someone in that wreck so uh that right now being situated and uh also there is the news on deshaun watson is no news because reports say the texans will not trade deshaun watson by the trade deadline uh, the Dolphins, according to a report, did their due diligence, uh, but will not make a trade. Uh, it says uh, a story from ESPN said Dolphins owner Stephen Ross had contingencies that needed to be met for any deal, and the made and made the final decision to not move forward with a deal. So Deshaun Watson uh, looks like will not be traded before the trade deadline. Also, um, Odell, <laughs> did you see the Beckham headline? Uh, his dad posted a video. I hadn't seen the video, but uh, I did see where his dad posted a video of Baker Mayfield not throwing him the football. I've never been a Beckham guy. Part of it was because he went to the Giants, and I don't like the Giants, obviously. Part of it, too, is his antics. And there was a time... Yeah, I don't like him either. ...when I thought that the antics might be uh, on par with his performance. But clearly, if you look at his availability, I mean, part of it's been due to injury. But even when he's been on the field, he has just not been that great. Uh, And we haven't seen the Odell Beckham that we knew in a long, long time. But anyway, his dad uh, posts videos on social media of Baker Mayfield not passing to Odell Beckham Jr. when he was open. Whatever. It's crazy how one crazy catch can boost your name. Yeah, but he had a a really good uh, rookie year. I look up his numbers, but yeah, that that catch sent him into the stratosphere. But it probably overhyped him, and he just hasn't been the same. Hasn't... He had some off field issues too. I feel like he had. I don't know, but uh, I'll never forget that uh that game i believe in 2015 when the panthers were on the way to the super bowl and him and josh norman were going at it all game yeah punches were thrown like 
intentional targetings was happening. It was it, it was insane. So his first three years in the NFL, 91 for over 1,300, 12 touchdowns. Hmm. 96 for over 1,400, 13 touchdowns. Hmm. 101 for almost 1,400, 10 touchdowns. Hmm. So the numbers were there. I mean, he's a, he was a superstar. And then he went, played in just four games. He played 12 games where he caught 77 balls, played in 16 his first year in Cleveland, and caught 74. And since then, has had 23 catches last year and 16 catches in five games in 2021. So he has not been the uh, the star since early on in his career. All right, anyway, let's switch gears. Let's talk some baseball. Uh, East Carolina head baseball coach Cliff Godwin hanging on the Fixed NC live line, joining us to talk some fall baseball. Coach, appreciate your time. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Cliff. Just uh, ready for tonight. Hopefully the Braves can bring it home. I know you're a big Braves guy, and uh, history has not been kind to Braves, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to happen this year, Cliff. Hopefully tonight's the night. Don't want it to get to Game 7. I was going to ask you about that because I've seen you uh, tweet a little bit about Freddie Freeman and saw you highlight a Dansby Swanson interview uh, after the win in, in either Games 4 or 5 or, or 3 or 4. But uh, So you've been keeping up with this, Coach? You've been watching the World Series every night? Yeah, I really enjoy watching playoff baseball because you get to see the true uh, competitive natures and juices everybody runs hard 90s uh you know they're hitting the ball the other way through shifts i mean bellinger's you know hitting a a ground ball that would be at the shortstop they hadn't done all year just to help the team and that is the purest part of the game in my opinion um lane hoover is one of the biggest brace fans i've ever been around so he (laughs) has uh probably rearranged his apartment or house a few times when things didn't go (laughs) the brace way oh yeah not it's a it's a breath of fresh air for me to be able to watch baseball played at the highest level and just Freddie Freeman set bats against you know guys throwing ninety seven and being down o two and then working a walk it's it's just really good baseball and I, I really enjoy it. And Cliff, you're used to the the bullpen games. You know, you when you go midweek or, or sometimes if you run out of arms on a weekend or in a a tournament uh, situation, you have to go bullpen games. I don't remember this growing up, uh, especially at the highest level at the World Series, seeing all these bullpen games. But that's where uh, I guess the game is now, and we've got some injured starters on both sides, so that explains it too. But I don't know. Do, is this a, a new phenomenon for the most part in the big leagues, coach? Seeing all these bullpen games from these teams i definitely think the amount of them and when the braves got to go back to back games of throwing a bullpen and you know one guy has only started whatever five games and having to bring kyle wright who did a great job and i guess that was game five yeah um but just guys that really haven't been a huge piece to the puzzle this year i think it but a lot has to go into with injuries um, and it goes back to, in my opinion, travel baseball with guys going out there for short stints and throwing hard as they can and being able to maintain for an inning or two. And that's what made Gavin Williams so special and why guys were so ready to draft him. I mean, to be able to maintain his velocity and his stuff for six, seven innings, uh, you hardly ever see that in the big leagues anymore. And um, But it's really cool when you do see it that way. Cliff Godwin joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, wanted to get you on to talk 
some fall ball and and what is, it's it's different for each individual you've got guys coming off injury you've got some upperclassmen underclassmen so it's different for everybody but generally speaking what is your goal as the head coach of the pirates for fall ball what do you want to accomplish in these weeks where you're you're getting some live bullets you're getting practice in scrimmages things like that what is the goal for you well, the number one goal is the foundation of our culture, and it's not just coach speak, but making sure everybody's on the same page with our culture. That's the number one thing throughout practice, weight room, academics. Uh, I know everybody thinks I'm uh, a disciplinarian and just so hard to, to play for, and, and I tell you that uh, maybe that's the case, but they'll love me when they walk out of here. Um, and then the fundamental basis of what we're trying to do, whether it be base running, fielding a ground ball, offensively, uh, controlling the running game, those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, when we get new players into our program now, I mean, the fundamentals of baseball, there's a lot of teaching into that now compared to even five, six, seven years ago. You didn't have to teach quite as much, but now you kind of have to go ground zero and really teach them how to play the game of baseball the right way, in my opinion. Some people might disagree with me, but the way we play it, so – uh, that's important, and then just intertwining all the pieces and the new faces and veterans and all that good stuff. So uh, there's a lot going on. This is always the hardest part of the year for me. People think the spring, but I would say for our coaches, this is the hardest part because we're just having to manage a lot of newness and trying to get everybody on the same page. Coach, it's not February. It is November, but people still care about winning and losing when it comes to pirate baseball, and I know you've had some scrimmages. So how have you guys fared uh, out there in those scrimmages against some really good competition? And if you look at the final scoreboard, I mean, we didn't necessarily at all times, and neither did the other teams run out our best pitchers, or we hit 11 guys and you could re-enter and stuff. But if you look at the scoreboard, we tied Liberty – um, in game one of the seven-inning game. Then we won by two runs in the second game. And then this past weekend, we lost game one 12-8 to UVA in seven, and then won game two 6-1. So there's been some really good individual performances um, by different players throughout the fall, and then there's been some things we need to work on. But uh, I like where our team's heading. We're heading in the right direction. I'm glad we're not playing tomorrow, you know, in February, because I definitely think there's some things we need to work on. Coach, you get on us, uh, us being myself, I go in the past, Ronnie, which you won't have Ronnie to beat up on anymore. That's kind of sad, right? I'm a little bit, uh, yeah, disappointed. Redheaded <laughs> monster of you three guys. There's only, I guess, two guys now. So, you know, Clip, go ahead and um, if you take a little more heat than you do normal, just point it <laughs> on Ronnie, okay? And uh, I still love you regardless. And one thing you get on us about it, and for good reason, I think you bring up Travis Watkins in the past, or, or I, I don't remember, but when a player leaves, we say, man, how do you replace this guy? And uh, you always do that with your recruiting. But uh, the question now, who's replacing the guys you, you lost last year? Because Connor Norby, uh, we know all about him. Gavin Williams, you got some uh, some studs that are on the way out. But uh, some, some great returners to this team and guys that have played a ton of baseball when you look at Ryder Giles, Lane Hoover, uh, Jake Kuchmaner. So you've got uh, a several upperclassmen coach will be counting on this year. Uh, AMAC, Alec Makarevich could be one of those guys that, that gets into the mix as a leader as well. So how about your, your leadership core on this team for uh, 2022? 
Well, you know, first off, I just got to say, you know, we're not going to replace Gavin and Franny and Norby and Bridges and Cole Moore and even Tyler Smith. I mean, those yeah. guys, uh, they meant a lot to the program for many years, not just last year, obviously the numbers last year. Um, but it, we do have a lot of experience returning and trying to figure out how to intertwine those pieces together has been the main focus. But Zach Agnos, Ryder Giles, Ben Newton, Bryson, Hoove, um, those guys have done a good job with the position players, uh, just getting those guys. We've got some talented freshmen as well. Riley Johnson's really had a good uh, fall, and uh, you know, looks like right now he's going to definitely be playing either center field or right field for us. And uh, you know, Bryson will be playing the other ones on the mound. Cooch has has been better than he was in the spring. Obviously, he didn't have the year he wanted to have last year. Garrett Saylor's been phenomenal. Nick Logish has been phenomenal. Both those guys started against Liberty, Sailor, and Logish and pitched really well. C.J. Mayhew has been C.J. Mayhew. Um, Skylar Brooks has come along. And then we have some really talented freshmen, and I'm not going to name them all, uh, on the mound that have an opportunity to, to really help us out. And um, they, they still got some work to do, but it might be the most talented freshman pitching class as far as stuff goes that we've ever had here collectively. Uh, we just got to kind of get them to grow up pretty fast so they're not feeling, you know, the pressure of playing in front of 6,000 or whoever we're playing and just making it baseball like they've played their whole lives. Cliff Godwin joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, uh, got some baseball coming up uh, this weekend with the Purple Gold uh, World Series. Do we uh, do we have some times for those yet, Coach, where people can go out and watch some pirate baseball? Yep, we, we finalized them yesterday. So Friday at 3.30, the first pitch will go off, and we'll have a little batting practice before. But Friday at 3.30 will be game one, and uh, we're actually going to draft the teams later on today. But uh, Zach Agnos will be the coach of the purple team, and Ryder Giles will be the coach of the gold team, and they'll draft teams this afternoon. Uh, Saturday, we're going to go at 10.50 before the football game. So I know there will be some people tailgating, and they can come watch us play a seven-inning game on Saturday. And then Sunday, first pitch will be at noon, and then probably two and a half hours after that because we'll probably play seven, eight. I don't think we'll play nine innings on Sunday, but we'll have uh, Meet the Pirates, and we have a championship pennant for fans to come to the dugouts and get the players to sign. So it's a really neat day, and the weather looks like it's going to be phenomenal because everybody wants to talk about the weather clip. Um, so it looks great on Sunday. I didn't bring it up. Seven. Um, <laughs> so sunshine. But, uh, no, just a great weekend. It's the last time that you get a chance to see us before we, uh, you know, get back in the spring. And, and the guys uh, definitely deserve to have some fans come out and watch them play. What is that uh, the calendar like for you throughout the, the remainder of November, December, I guess January? You'll get rolling with practice and, and games in February. But what are what are the important things you, you want to accomplish as a program once you're done with this uh, fall ball part of the calendar? Yeah, so you get done, and then you have a, a couple weeks that we'll pick certain guys. Uh, normally, it's some younger guys that really hone in on some of their fundamentals, whether it be outfield play, bunting, base running. Some of the pitchers will keep throwing bullpens just to fine-tune some of their pitches, and we'll hit the weight room hard uh, for the next two, three weeks. And then you have Thanksgiving, and they come back, and um, it's a couple days we can work with them, and then it's really uh, – the dead time where we can't work with them they'll still have optional lifting workouts but studying for their exams and you know around the 15th of december everybody will be out of here and 
they'll get back in the first of January and we'll get things cranked up. But the other piece is to continue to uh, team build, and we have our um, Pirate Mission Week, which is a three-day you know challenge. They pick teams and put them through some physically and mentally challenging stuff. I think that's a, a big piece to what we do here, and um, just really getting the guys to con- continue to connect with one another. You know, uh, Cliff, there's so much phone connection now, but the human interaction is a big piece, and getting to know your teammates is a big deal, and we'll hone in on that for the next few weeks. And finally, Coach, uh, you went a year or so without being able to go watch live baseball, see guys face-to-face, talk to them. So how much, uh, as things have somewhat gotten back to normal, not completely normal, have you been able to to get out and uh, recruit and watch baseball maybe over over the summer when it was warmer? Yeah, I I was able to get out in the summer, but, you know, with the new coaching hires and stuff, I wasn't out as much as I have been in the past for sure, and Jeff did a great job, and Coach Knight was able to go on the road just because we were down a assistant coach and recruit and then getting Coach Macias on board. And, um, Blake and Colby have done a tremendous job, you know, behind the scenes keeping things going. But, you know, really for me it's been managing our team. The draft was packed up later than it's ever been and trying to figure out who's going to be here, who's not. And, you know, big piece getting Bryson back was a big piece for us, um, just his – leadership and he's grown up so much and i really think he's going to have a great year but um i'm more invested in what our guys here on campus are and and not that recruiting's not important i don't want to say that because we're recruiting all the time i mean i have zoom calls and all the time with recruits and you know getting them to jump on the board of the pirate ship which is is always fun but uh you know really just being involved with our team and the things we have to accomplish this fall all right, Coach, uh, Braves in six. We're going with that. Braves in six. And also, the one thing I forgot to mention, Cliff, is we're actually getting our championship rings at the football game on Saturday. Nice. Uh, so, the uh, 2021 uh, AAC regular season champions and regional champions will get their rings um, during the football game. So, make sure that Pirate Faithful stands up and applaud those guys because they worked their tail off last year in a really strange year to be able to accomplish those things no doubt what an experience that was in greenville with all the fans back uh, to see that team win and and move on to uh the vanderbilt super regional and can't wait for uh 2022 and coach uh so football uh is two wins away from achieving six wins and going to a bowl i know you're a hoops guy joe dooley's team gets underway uh a week from tonight so you got your purple gold world series it's a great time to be a sports fan great time to be a pirate right yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm a basketball guy, you know, probably first because my dad was a basketball coach. But I play football. I'm a football guy, too. And, you know, freaking live and die with the Pirates just like you guys do. <laughs> they win or they lose, then I'm just pulling hard for them because our university deserves success. And uh, I'm pulling for Coach Houston and Coach Do all the sports because the more teams can win, the better it is for our university. Cliff, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll be out there at Clark LeClaire checking you out. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you this weekend, man. We appreciate your time today. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate it, buddy. There is Cliff Godwin, East Carolina head baseball coach and East Carolina super fan. Big hoops guy. Remember last year during the Wichita State game <laughs> when the Pirates are in that game on the road in Wichita, Kansas? They go to the uh, – there's a timeout – Dooley's got his guys in the huddle, and it's like, you know, 
Jaden Gardner, J.J. Miles, Tristan Newton, Steve Rockefort, Cliff Godwin. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Cliff's almost like in the huddle with the team. Like he's so jacked up. Uh, he made that road trip with him, and he was right there with the guys. Almost pulled off the upset, but as Steve and I go and I told you, they're saving that Wichita State upset for this year at home. At home, yeah. Minges. We'll get them in here. That's we'll get right. The shockers here. Where remember- Cliff Godwin will be here, probably behind the bench, helping out. Possibly the on the bench possibly on, <laughs> where the trainers sit at the end that could be where he back is. when before we got dually i just wanted <clears throat> i wanted cliff to double coach just just take over you uh, just cliff, until we find a full-time guy yeah just like, give it to cliff and his dad he can run practices yeah yeah it'll, be, like it'll be fine uh it's great to have somebody that passionate though that you know cares as much as that's why i wanted him to have it i say as much he bleeds purple and gold yeah that's awesome all right let's uh take a time out we'll come back when we return we'll have an opportunity to hear from mike houston east carolina head football coach see what he had to say about the win last week looking ahead to temple holt naylor's play audio matosho stepping up the young guys we are down to four games on the schedule so there will be a chance for some young guys to play and still retain their red shirt status there's so gonna be he, some guys that play that or that maybe they get pulled back that might have played too much already there are two cases going here yeah guys I mean, that haven't played that can get some games in guys that have played that won't so they can keep that status right we will uh hear what coach houston had to say about it when we return after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Then keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We've had another line shift uh, at the video production chair this is kind of like washington quarterback since i've been following the team we just keep getting new qbs in um jalen was kind of like the the young guy getting an opportunity uh jason campbell i guess glenn is the old veteran probably mark brunel i guess and then uh jenny's here hey jenny what's up clip you're like the um you're like john beck is that good or bad? I mean, you'll get us through the show, but... Oh, come on. <laughs> Clip. All right. She's like uh, Case Keenum. Yeah. Went to a NFC Championship game. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's, that's Comes a in f- off the bench, you know. Fair comparison. All right. Uh, right now, we will hear what Mike Houston had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference as he met with the media. Let's hear his opening comments. Coach Houston coming off 
a win over South Florida and looking for two in a row when they take on Temple this Saturday. It's good to uh, be back with you. Um, it's a little bit removed, you know, having a, a game last Thursday, so uh, it almost feels like uh, you're a full week removed from it. But, uh, you know, obviously a big win for our program uh, at home last Thursday night. Uh, national TV, uh, really excited about the way the players played, uh, excited about the way our, our team responded after halftime. Uh, came out and uh, played very, very well the last two quarters and uh, got a big home victory. Uh, just really, really appreciate the student body. You know, what a great uh, turnout from from the student body. You know, they were they were here tailgating whenever whenever we got here and you could you could tell that they were in, you know, pretty energetic form. And uh, so they certainly brought that energy into the stadium and the boneyard was rocking as good as I've seen it since I've been here. So I uh, really appreciate them because they brought a lot to the game day environment last Thursday night. And, and we'd love to have them back out in you know, those kind of numbers uh, here this Saturday in what is a, a very big uh, game for our program. Uh, very dangerous Temple team coming in here. Uh, Three o'clock kickoff. Um, you know, tough opponent. It's just, it's, uh, it's one of those programs that when you look at the history between ECU and Temple, uh, you know, they've been one that's, uh, you know, always played well against us. So, a uh, big ball game for our program. Uh, excited about uh, the, the ability to be back at home. Uh, should be great weather, and uh, you know, hope, hope Pirate Nation turns out. It'd be a great, uh, a great afternoon of college football. All right, you got two more chances to see the Pirates at home, and the last one of the season could be a big game, but that's one of those where you know you're, you're going to not have the full student support the day after Thanksgiving. Would love to see a, a good crowd for that game against Cincinnati, but don't know how the turnout's going to be. So this is your last like traditional saturday home game of the year great kickoff time at three o'clock a chance to see the pirates get their fifth win uh be five wins for this team for the first time since 2015 so uh get out there on saturday and uh and be loud let's go all right mike houston was asked uh, by steven i about the the depth of the defense and being able to have multiple starters at multiple positions and just how that has uh, really helped this defense along. And uh, Houston talked about that cut too. Well, I mean, I think it's something that we've had to do a good job of, you know, just really, you know, continually talking to our players about. But, you know, when you look at, you know, my other stops, when we had some really great defenses at other schools, we always had, you know, good numbers. And we always had the ability to rotate guys. Uh, and I think it really shows up in a, in a second half of a ball game the other night, second half of a ball game down in Houston. Uh, you know, when you can, you can have fresh guys on the field, you know, you know, in the first half, you know, some of the players come off, they're like, well, I'm not tired right now. Well, no, you're not. We want you to be fresh in the fourth quarter. Um, and so I think it's really, it's allowed us to play with a lot of intensity and play really, really hard for a sustained four quarters. The other thing that it creates too is, is just a lot of competition, you know, during the week. I mean, it creates a situation where you have to practice hard during the week. Uh, and that's only going to help you get better. I, mean, I remember my first year, we had two safeties and 40 linemen, and you virtually had nobody to rotate in there with them. Uh, and you had nobody to compete with them in practice. And I, I felt like it really held them back from pushing themselves to be the best that they could be. You know, now you go out there, if you, if you go out there and have a bad day, you know, on a Wednesday during game week, I mean, you're going to look up and you're not going to play as much on Saturday. And, uh, you know, why do some guys play more one week or another? Well, there's all kinds of reasons, but a lot of times it's because of the way they practice during the week. So I think just having that kind of depth has been really healthy for our program, and it's allowed us to continue to play better and better each week throughout the year. All right, Mike Houston was asked by Brian Bailey about seeing Temple's 
deliberate offense in 2021 you see a lot of spread hurry up no huddle offense temple a bit of a throwback in the way they will uh they will play physical a little bit slower and asked uh, coach houston about that well it's different you know because you know virtually everybody is you know no huddle and a lot of teams we've seen so far this year have been really tempo up tempo teams you know and temple you know is very deliberate with the way they run their offense you know they've got you know, a bunch of older guys up front on that offensive line. I think three grad students, a senior and a junior, all experienced guys. They have a big back back there in the backfield. Um, you know, they have a dual threat quarterback. You know, they got all those tight ends that they use. And so, you know, they're going to take their time. They're going to give us a ton of different formations, a lot of different motions, uh, you know, trying to get our guys out of position. And they're going to try to take the ball and shove it down our throat. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of their philosophy. And they'll take their shots on the perimeter. They'll take their – you know, try to pop you with a big play with a jet sweep and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it's going to be a challenge for us Saturday. You know, we're going to have to do a great job with, you know, our adjustments and stuff after after they break the huddle. We're going to have to be really dialed into the defensive call, uh, and we're going to have to really play with a lot of physicality in order to match, you know, what they're trying to do offensively. All right, there is Mike Houston talking about Temple's style of play. Um, we got a former Pirate here in the Pirate Radio studios. Ask him if he wants to come in studio. Uh, real quick, Chandler, and we'll hit some Mike Houston comments while uh, a former running back maybe joins us here on the program. What's up? What's Come on, on in, man. On, brother? Ha- have a seat. Welcome. Good to see you. We got a, uh, a former Pirate running back, Brandon Simmons, joining us. Coach Simmons got the best voice in the game, and uh, he's going to unleash that on us today. What's up, man? Welcome back. <laughs> have to get my my, my headsets right um, how you doing um, thank you for having me um yeah thanks for coming on not a problem at all not a problem what you up to today uh well I'm, I'm actually in town because our high school on um, green level high school is playing dh Conley in the eastern conference finals i'm um, in a volleyball match okay so, so i'm all in right. town to to support them but but while i'm over here you know obviously i had to swing by ub to pick up some some pirate gear Good and, stuff. and spend a little bit of money though. <laughs> but, but thank you for having me you know i'm a viking right brandon i'm a Conley viking i'm so. aware of that all right <laughs> Uh, so volleyball tonight volleyball tonight absolutely good deal deal. absolutely how'd your uh your football season go this year um we're you know we're you know we're 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 still a um a um plan in progress you Mm -hmm. know um our varsity this is only the second year of of existence for varsity for our program um our jvs as well um doing the same thing um you know we're we're you know we're literally building this thing from the ground up so um you know the excitement is there we're actually graduating our first senior class this year just to put just to put things in perspective but we're definitely making strides in our program and um you know our season is over but we're very happy with the progression of our program what uh what are you coaching now Brent? um i'm still coaching quarterbacks. quarterbacks i'm still coaching quarterbacks but um but you know anything that my head football coach on varsity needs for me to do um, i'm willing to step in as well um you know not you know Swiss Army knife, um, you know, special teams background, offense background, defense. So wherever my team need me to do to help them be successful, um, I'm willing to do so. How'd you like uh, Thursday night, Brandon? We had the quarterback running for 70-plus yards, Keaton Mitchell 70-plus, Rajay 100. Got the run game going the other night. Unfortunately, I was unable to watch the game live because I was coaching uh, my JV team um, against Apex Friendship. But... You know, once I was able to settle, I was able to rewatch the game. Very happy with the with the you know with the way the defense was flying around, oh, causing yeah. turnovers. Um, the offense, you know, running the football, um, picking up positive yards. Um, you know, 
the, the feet was swarming. You know, it was loud. Love the black uniforms. I was ne- very happy with the results. You never got to play in a black uniform. Never got a chance to play with a black uniform. As long as story lasts long. Uh, you know, love Coach, coach Holtz to death. But I, I vividly remember our senior year. We went into his office. Um, I want to say that it was Quentin Cotton who asked Coach Holtz, uh, point blank, plainly, hey, look, can we get black uniforms? He said no. He asked him again. He said no. And that was the end of it. But uh, everything else he, we asked for, he was able to deliver on it, but not black uniforms. And, uh, Brandon, we've talked to you over the years. You're a guest quite a bit on our show about the the, the running, the the defense, how we want to see that back with East Carolina football. You, you've kind of said that Mike Houston is going to be the guy to, to bring that. And we're starting to see it on the field, Brandon. How about back-to-back games? shutouts in the second half for ECU's defense and then I mentioned those rushing numbers the other night that guy that has to remind you of your playing days here well well so 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 right when he took the job um again his resume speaks for itself everywhere he's been he he's you know had instant results um you know high school small college mid-major um the list goes on and on Uh, coach Houston in the coaching world is known for developing a championship level defense a hard-nosed physical run game which fits our DNA um Long story last long, our defense and offense is doing a great job of exemplifying, um, you know, his vision, which is protecting the football, uh, moving, you know, picking up positive yards, scoring touchdowns, tackling well in space and creating turnovers. So I'm very, very happy with the progression of the offensive defense and even special teams for that matter. Chandler, let's hear Cup 5. Coach Houston talked about the turnovers being forced by this defense game in, game out. Well, it's, it's a... It's a big goal of ours each week. You know, we don't have a whole lot of team goals, but one of the main ones is winning the turnover battle. And, you know, nothing's more glaring than last Thursday night. You know, we have a couple of turnovers there in the first half that uh, led to South Florida scores and really gave them the momentum. Uh, And then, you know, look in the second half, and, uh, you know, it was a a big turnover, the pick six by Malik that put us ahead for good. And then it was a couple of turnovers, you know, there in the fourth quarter that really sealed the ball game. So – um, you know, our kids, they do understand how important they are. And it's been an emphasis all year. And I think defensively we've done a pretty good job all year of turning the ball over, both fumbles and interceptions. But, you know, it's, it's something that's a big, a big emphasis each week. And it's a big emphasis for our offense and our special teams to, you know, not put us in a negative situation. Uh, you know, anytime you can win the turnover battle, that means you're getting more possessions than your opponent is. You know, you're taking a potential scoring possession away from them and giving it to our offense. And so, you know, common sense tells you you're going to have a better chance to score that way. And the Pirates are doing that, taking the ball away. They were giving it away in the first half of Thursday night's game. And then the second half, a complete roll reversal. East Carolina uh, getting that pick six from Malik Fleming. That was huge, Brandon. And then Tegan Wilk, a young guy flying around, and uh, he got a pick. Sean Dorso with the pick. It was a uh, pick party in the second half there the other night against South Florida. It was good to see. Yes, it was. And to reiterate, um, you know, games are, are, are won and lost with the turnover batter, a battle. Um, anyone who, who is accustomed to watching football, they, again, it's proven that more successful programs protect the football but take the football away. And like Coach Houston said, um, with you having a football more than your opponent, you increase your chances of scoring touchdowns. So um, very excited. Love the duration of our program at this moment. That's an old uh, Rick Smith go-to, Chandler. Get those extra possessions, right? What's he say? Stop the run. <laughs> run the ball. <laughs> Brandon Rick Smith was on the staff when you were playing. Uh, he joins us uh, every week here on Pirate Radio. He wasn't in your room, of course, but uh, he, he, did he ever tell any old Rick Smith stories back when you were uh, 
playing back in the day. <laughs> too, 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 too many, too many to remember. But, uh, but, but I do vividly remember him. Um, you know, sharing that with our running back room many times. You know, anytime that we're able to to run the ball and to protect the football and score touchdowns, um, he was always the first one lined up, ready to high five us. Um, why? Well, running the football shortens the game. It keeps the defense off the field. So every time the defense hit the hit the field, they were fresh. They were charged up. They were ready to go. Um, absolutely N- nothing but great things to say about coach smith that's a good point we early in the season brandon this offense was inconsistent at best and the explosion plays were there keaton mitchell you know running 80 yards big pass play to cj or to sneed uh those plays were there it was the time consuming drives that were missing we're starting to see more of that and maybe that's why you know the defense has been playing as good as they have because it's a, they call it complimentary football right hand in hand a- absolutely and, and and made a mistake uh you know the, the running backs are doing a great job uh, the receivers are doing a great job outside blocking getting open but it all starts up front um that offensive line is starting to gel together um you know Again, in the passing game, um, you know, Coach Kurt, Coach Kurt Patrick is doing a good job of moving, holding off the spot, um, using his legs a little bit. The pass protection is there, but whenever we need positive yards, when we need to, you know, form the wall, even where where everyone in the stadium know that the run is coming, we can still run the football. And again, that's the sign of a of a um, hard nosed, tough, physical football team. Brandon Simmons, uh, a pop in guest joining us. He was at UBE. We told him to drop by, and now he's hanging out talking football with us. And, and Brandon, it's week one of high school football playoffs. Your Hopton Wildcats and my Lakewood Leopards. It's a Sampson County battle, baby. <laughs> so, we got a so, rivalry here? Yeah. So, so excited for that. Uh, Coach Silas is doing a great job um, at Hopton High School, but I vividly remember um, the Lakewood Leopards being a very uh, physical football team, known for their running backs. Uh, Sean Pone, he was there when I was there. Oh, yeah. uh, Richardson, he was there. A championship-level defense, uh, hard-nosed running game. So, so I, I couldn't be more excited for the playoff football in Sampson County. Yes, sir. Sampson <laughs> County, stand up. We got a former long snapper uh, here, Chandler Honeycutt. What, uh, how many positions did you play in high school, bro? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> whatever they told <laughs> you. Whatever Coach Mallard needed me to play and Coach Britt needed me to play, um, I was willing to be there. Um, you know, some receivers, some a lot of special teams, linebacker, safety, running back. Um, <laughs> you know, never came off the field, um, but I had great teammates back then. Chandler, how about you? Long snapper? I uh, played center. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and they always promised me to play defensive line, and I participated in defensive line drills every week at practice. And I would stand there uh, next to Coach Larry Bass, our defensive line coach, and, man, never put me in. Never put me in. Chandler was a scout team. But I, I basically was on scout team. Scout team D-lineman. They, very important. They didn't want to lose me for the long snapping side of that. That's thing. right. You were too valuable. Very, very important. Very that's important. What, at least that's what he told me. They put a red jersey on. He said, don't touch our <laughs> center. Truth. Uh, I always have to bring up Tyler Sneed with you, Brandon, because that, that day where he played his first football at ECU – I was like, who in the heck is this kid? <laughs> and you were literally the only person that knew him. Uh, that was, At least I was following on Twitter. You're like, that's Tyler Sneed. Let's go Sneed. I was like, who? Uh, but you knew him from his high school days. Uh, you can tell your own story, Brandon, about to your kids about playing football at the, the D1 level. But you can also share that Tyler Sneed story to your kids that you're coaching now, saying, look, it don't matter how big you are. Look at what this guy's doing. He's had a phenomenal career here and is still putting up numbers. Uh, so so, so true. And, and again, you know, I, I shared the story many a times, but long story less long, um, you know, 
you know, the game needs more individuals like Tyler. Uh, we, we get it. Playing on the Power Five level, the the you know FCS level, typically um, recruiters are looking for size and measurables. We get it, right? But at the same time, um, the tape the tape doesn't lie. And, and Tyler was one of those one of those individuals that that you know he made the most of his opportunities. Anytime he had an opportunity to to run a route. Um, you know, he got open anytime he touched the ball, special teams, um, you know, he, he, he make plays, um, you know, even if we needed him to play some defense, which we never asked him to do. But if we needed him to play defense, he would have played defense as well. Yeah. It's uh, and man, it has paid off big for him. We get to talk to him every Monday inside <laughs> the players lounge. He's a great guy to talk to as well. Uh, Brandon Simmons hanging out coach. Uh, we'll, we'll let you run. We'll let you get to, uh, to Conley, but uh, great catching up with you, man. We'll do it again soon. Uh, you still? Let's see. You a, are you a Bears or a Panthers guy? I can't keep up with you. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, you know, I, I appreciate you all uh, for allowing me to come here. I'm a Panthers fan, okay. but it is hard to not root for the Bears. Um, it, you know, there's no surprise. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I was very heartbroken when we opted to not select Justin Fields, and yeah. I get it. You know, the defense is a you know championship level defense. At least that's the direction we're heading. But uh, but I always make time to look look for Justin Fields. He had and a great uh, run. He he, he, he did. Um, and, and, and so so anytime he's playing, I'm excited to uh, to watch him play as well. You're Good. also a Buzz City guy, right? Yes, I am. I, lo- I love my Hornets as well. Um, you know, right now we have a solid uh, solid squad. Um, you know, I- I'm very impressed with the direction of our organization. Obviously, Lamelo. It all starts there, but mm-hmm. we do have a nice nucleus there. You know, we have, uh, you know, Kelly O there and Scare, Miles you know, Miles Bridges, you know, he's playing like a, like a, um, like a franchise type player. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Borrego, you know, he does a great job of getting the, getting the players to play. We're young, we're athletic, we're long. So I'm very excited about our Hornets. And, uh, Brandon, what are you doing this winter as far as, co- do you coach any other sports? What else are you involved in? Y- yes. Um, so, so I'm a year round coach, um, a matter of fact, yesterday um, was our first official day of um, indoor track and field. So I'm an indoor track and field coach as well. I was unable to be a practice today. Uh, our coaching staff understood that. You know, I'm here to support the Gators. But in addition to that, I also coach, um, you know, spring track and field. And I also um, train as well through through my uh, through my business as well. Uh, you want to give a shout out? I'll always give you an opportunity to talk about Master Blend too, if you'd like. Absolutely. Uh, so, so Master Blend as well. You know, that's our family farm in Eastern North Carolina, Keenisville, to be exact. Um, you know, we're 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 churning out products for Eastern North Carolina. Just um, go to the menu right now and look at it. I mean, it is incredible. Well, well, and, and again, you know, it is what it is. You know, you know, anyone can check it out for themselves. But every time I go to the farm, uh, when I'm not coaching, um, you know, it's always a, a a great occasion um you know the, the people down there uh, my family members down there they do a very good job um and, and we're very happy with the direction of master blends family farm and i think last time we talked to you are you doing some training as well yes yes so 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 in addition to coaching indoor track and field outdoor track and field I also have my own business my own training business dynasty athletic performance you know we're up to like 25 uh, consistent athletes awesome. a lot of our kids are starting to you know graduate and get opportunities in college so so we're so we're, we're very excited about the direction there, um, and and one of our um, you know pupils who's at DH Conley, uh, Christian Holly, um, you know he's a freshman, but you know they're using him all over the varsity as well. You know I was working with him at an early age, so oh, it's wow. pretty cool to see him you know climb the ranks and and um, you know he's an Eastern North Carolina product as well. So Good deal, very excited. Brandon, you need to uh, 
kind of lazy, man. You need to start doing some stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Do you ever rest? I mean, good God. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to rest primarily on Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. All right. Uh, but but some some days I do prefer to just lay back and do nothing, play my, my Metroid Dread and, you okay. know, Mario Kart 8, that type of thing. So, But not a lot. <laughs> Brandon, great to see you, man. Likewise. Uh, glad you're doing so well, of course. And uh, we'll keep in touch, do it again. Uh, good luck to your team tonight. But Thank you very I much. I got to pull for my Vikings. Of course, right? For just probably so. You all have a championship level program. Yeah. So we're, we're just excited about our, our younger Gators, um, you awesome. know, coming to Greenville. And, we're, you know, I'm just excited about a good match tonight. Good stuff. Brandon Simmons joining us uh, on the fly. That on was fly. cool. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back. We'll wrap up this hour. Got Stephen Igo joining us at 5 o'clock. We'll have more Mike Houston comments. Jeff and they do as well when we return after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting. Signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, that was uh, pretty awesome. We try to book some guests every day and talk pirate football. And, and sometimes it's impromptu. <laughs> sometimes they just walk right in the door. That and, was a uh, great, great segment with Brandon Simmons. Brandon Simmons is... Uh, awesome media wise uh great to talk to and uh doing big things coaching and uh neat that he's in town to see his high school take on my high school and play off volleyball tonight so he's heading his way to hollywood crossroads to dh conley and his high school is playing my high school and we want to play off football this week so we got a lot of battles uh, going on right here in the pirate radio studios thanks to brandon simmons dropping by we will uh hear from jeff nadu coming up in hour number three of today's show so we'll push him back a little bit steven Igo said to join us at five let's wrap up this hour chandler with some more mike houston let's hear cut four as he talked about the play of holt nailers well, i thought he played well uh you know his past thursday night particularly with decision making um and you know i thought he did some things that we've been you know tr- encouraging to do i thought he did some some things where he didn't he didn't force things he kind of took what was there uh, I thought he did a great job of uh, using his feet. Uh, you know, things break down. You know, quarterback scrambles. You know, made several big plays right there. I thought he did a good job understanding some situations in the ball game. So you know, I, I, that that's the guy that we need to be successful. Uh, that's it, and he understands that. Um, you know, if I can keep him just really dialed in to just you know what's happening inside of our building, what's happening inside of his his meeting room. And then taking that out to the practice field and then taking that practice field to the game field. I think that's the real key to success. All right. Mike Houston also talked about one of Ayler's new favorite targets, Audio Matosha, coming on here in 2021. Cut seven, Chandler. He talked about the play of Audi. 
Well, I mean, I think he's one that you look back at the season and he's, he's you know, progressed every single week. And I think a lot of his confidence, I think uh, his work ethic is paying off. Uh, you know, he's, he's one that we've talked about for, you know, about two years now, just how hard he's worked to develop his body, to develop his hands, to develop his route running. Um, so I think that that hard work's paying off. I think the confidence he has in himself uh, is making him, you know, continue to allow him to play better and better each week. I think the confidence that Holton and the quarterbacks have in him, the confidence that the coaches have in him, I mean, I think that's a big factor too. So I just think all of it goes into the fact that, you know, he is, he's established himself as a, a legitimate, reliable threat down in and down out, uh, and he's come through and made the plays. All right, Stephen Igo, hoist the colors, asked Mike Houston about the sequence of events at the end of the first half. Pirates thought they had scored on an Ehlers touchdown run. Uh, that gets called short of the goal line. Then they come out, run a quarterback sneak. Igo asked about that sequence. Here's what Coach Houston had to say. Cut six, Sean. Well, I think, you know, first, you know, we were all a little surprised it wasn't a touchdown on third down. Um, so after it was ruled not a touchdown, you know, anytime you try to get the sneak, you try to do it pretty quick. Uh, you know, it's uh, they went to review uh, the whole time. I thought that uh, you know we get the we get a touchdown, you know, back from review. Um, to be honest, I really kicked myself. You know, I, I started to call timeout. Just I didn't I didn't like the the sneak in that situation. It's I put that I put that one on me. We should have we should have been in a different play. All right, so one of those hindsight deals where you look back and say. Would have done that one differently. Didn't uh, cost the Pirates because they were able to have that big second half. All right, um, let's take a timeout. We'll come back hour three. Still got a few uh, Houston cuts to get to. Got Stephen Igo to get to. And the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. And we'll make you a winner. A lot of ands there because we have a big hour three on tap of Pirate Radio Live. And we'll be back with you after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Watch, a, watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube live go to youtube and search for pirate radio tv and subscribe today watch pirate radio live monday through friday from three to six and the bud light pregame tailgate and u.s cellular fifth quarter call-in show on game day so just go to youtube and search pirate radio tv and subscribe today now let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host clip rock Alrighty, back with you on pirate radio live on a tuesday we'll make you a winner this hour we got a giveaway coming up um go to Cool to have Brandon Simmons just drop by. He was hanging out at shopping at UBE. He said, "I'm gonna pop in and say hello." And I yeah. heard you say something about like f- former running back coming in, and I didn't know. Like, and I looked and I was like, "Oh crap, Brandon Simmons!" And uh, you can't just say hello. I got to get you on the air for a segment. So he hung out, and as you know, I go one of the best like 
former players when it comes to talking to and on the air brandon right. simmons ran into him in the parking lot i said i i can recognize those pipes uh He's anyway. great pipes uh that voice man yeah I think we've had him on Pirate Radio like a combined 35 times. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But no, he's an awesome dude. And uh, the Pirates are playing Brandon Simmons style, Brandon Simmons era football right now, Stephen. Run game, defense. Yep. It's like a throwback to 15 years ago all of a sudden. That's what we talked about in the parking lot. It's what you guys (laughs) talked about on the air. Like It's just fun to see you know, the defense playing with juice, with swag dare i say it oh no don't say that i don't want to bring back the tim Irvin swag but uh <laughs> yeah that didn't work out too good but it, i think this is genuine swag genuine swag genuine swag uh steve and i go hoist the colors while you're here i want to hit on football baseball basketball uh so let's do that let's start with football i go ecu temple We'll make our picks later, which, by the way, Stephen Igo is legitimately the best picker against the spread we have on the show. On the year, he is 30-14-1 against the spread. He And I don't even tell him what games we're going to do. We just do five college games a week, uh, try to pick an AAC game, some top 25 games, the ECU game. And right off the cuff, he gives his pick, no research, just uh Igo's brain and it's uh 16 games above 500 right now and you know a lot of it is luck obviously but a lot of it is just gut and feel based on kind of like yourself like i like to look at the previous week try the roller coaster yeah like i, and I just don't overanalyze it you know there's multiple ways to do it you have wager mcgee who does who it a certain way overanalyzes uh, it overanalyzes everything but does a good job because you know he, he spends a lot of time looking in that stuff we'll talk to nate do in, yeah, in a little bit he man. he analyzes it but he also brings emotion into it yeah he has teams he likes team players he likes and i feel like he he goes with gut sometimes too like he's just like i watched this team and it just doesn't look good i don't have a good feeling about this game that sort of stuff so yeah a lot of mine is gut based but i feel like usually i'm around 500 or a little above this is the first year i've been just pretty good uh yeah you're doing quite well uh we'll make some picks later on i go what do you think about that number beside ecu's name though 16 i mean says a lot about where temple is right now but also vegas thinks east carolina is going to take care of business at home like they did a week ago yeah you know and ecu is 4-0 against the spread in their last four games um so they're covering the spread i think vegas is really starting to give them some respect i also think temple you know it, it does worry me to lay that many points in consecutive games with ecu double digit points like at some point i feel like they're just going to win a game by a touchdown or two and even that wouldn't cover the spread so i think right now i'm leaning towards temple to cover because it's a big number and i feel like after last week they're going to at least play better they played like trash at ucf and you also have to remember I don't know if Rod Carey's lost that team, but he's basically coaching for his job at this point. I mean, if they lose out, I, I just can't see a scenario where they come back. So I imagine the coaching staff's going to be pretty motivated unless they've just completely checked out. That's uh, something you got to start thinking about as we get here in the cold months. Like, are these players still locked in? Yeah. East Carolina's certainly playing for a lot. So you got to like that from a Pirate perspective. From a Temple perspective, it's, you know, what is the motivation? at this point for these guys i don't know yeah and and, you know the thing that scares me though is like i feel like they have enough talent to where if they actually show up and want to play they're capable of winning the game i just think 
things are off there. I don't know if you listened or read any of the Rod Carey press conference, but it's just like a bizarre back and forth with the reporters. And apparently the quarterback, Dewan Mathis, said after the last game something about not being able to change things at the line of scrimmage. And, like, you can ask Coach about that. And then the coach was asked about it, and he didn't want to get into it or said all this stuff. So like, it's just kind of a weird <laughs> – Well – sounds like all that's playing into this line as well yeah i mean vegas is thinking for sure one team's headed this way one is headed to the crapper again talent wise like they're fairly comparable to ecu and they got they got randall jones back last game i think he made a big touchdown catch and he's a good receiver they got they got two or three really good receivers a good running back solid line so like they got pieces defensively they took a hit they had like four starters out in the secondary last week i don't know what the status is of that uh, they lost all their defensive linemen to the portal. So, like, they did lose some pieces defensively. But offensively, I feel like if ECU takes this game for granted on defense, they can give up some points. I heard uh, on the Players' Lounge Monday, Stephen, a lot of guys saying, Temple's a good team. We have to take them as serious as any other opponent, which means they know that they're favored and they're supposed to win, which is always kind of nervous right like well yeah they're always going to say the right things leading up to the game but what really is going on in their head like the coaches can say it i think it's intentional that mike houston's saying hey dangerous opponent big game temples on the series like all that stuff is intentional because he wants his team locked in and in reality ecu is not in a point where they can overlook anybody because the talent in the program is just not at a point where you can show up in a conference game and be like oh we're better than this team because ecu quite frankly, is not that much more talented than some of these teams they're, they're facing that they're favored by. They're just executing and playing as a, as a better team right now. And if they go out there and slack off, they'll get beat. I mean, it's that simple. So it's up to the players at the end of the day. You know, the coaches are going to prepare the same way. The players have to answer the bell and bring the right mindset into the game. And you would think that after the Charleston Southern deal, after struggling in the first half for South Florida, that wouldn't be an issue. All right. Um... Let's hear cut eight. Did you ask this about the the red shirting of players? Four games left. So kind of two things here. We could see some new faces because there's four games left. You can play and, and still redshirt these guys. Also, there's guys that have played in games that maybe we won't see in games because they want to use that red shirt. So this is cut eight as uh, Stephen Igo asked Mike Houston about the last four games of the season. Yeah, we have, uh, and you you got some guys that are. You know, you've got, you've got a couple that have been injured uh, that are coming back that you'll see us start to work in that, you know, it's just when are they going to be ready. Uh, but, uh, you know, you'll see some guys here in the last four games that maybe you haven't seen all year. Um, you know, you're going to see some guys that maybe don't play here in the last couple of games uh, if we think that uh, we, can, we, can, we can and should redshirt them. Uh, and that's the whole thing, is especially the COVID stuff, it's – you know, how realistic is it for a kid to be here six years if he's young? It's different if you're an older guy, you know, and you got one more year of college football to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really a, it's a deal. I look at it, I've looked at it for like about the last three weeks. I look at a report every Sunday of how many games kids have played in, and you're weighing, you know, how much are they going to play, what is their impact on winning and losing each week, uh, what is best for their development. Uh, you know, you look at so many factors right there. And so – um that, that's it's just it's one of those things that we are conscientious of and it's one of those things that we're going to use to give us the best opportunities to be successful on game days 
Stephen, we've had so many conversations about the quarterback position and Mason Garcia and when will we see him in? Why haven't we seen more? How's he doing health-wise? I never really factored in the redshirt part of it until Jeff Charles said something about it in pregame last week. And I thought about it like, well, yeah, they could keep him redshirted this year. He would enter as a freshman next year. Right? Yeah, he'd be a redshirt freshman. A redshirt <clears throat> freshman in year three, yep. basically, which is just mind-boggling. Um, so when it comes to him specifically, Stephen, do you think that's something the, the coaches are looking at right now when it comes to maybe keeping him out of games? I know they've talked about it, but I think at the end of the day, if there's an opportunity to get him in the game, I'll be surprised if they don't get him in the game. You know, you, you So have, it's like a cherry on top. Like, yeah, if, if you, we could do that, great, but if not, we're going to play him and – yeah. what's what's more important we don't know if Ehlers is going to be back at this point next year and so you, you getting have, him game reps yeah. is more important I like getting him game reps versus a six year that he may or may not even be here for so like, right in reality how many college student athletes want to stay for six years now quarterback maybe is different but if if Mason Garcia ends up being as good as we all think he could be he could end up going to the NFL or whatever so you know I don't think you can say hey we have to redshirt this guy like you said if it works out to where ECU's playing in four close games, Holton Aylers is healthy every snap, then, yeah, you have that feather in your cap. You can redshirt him. You can say, hey, we still have Mason Garcia four more years. Um, I personally don't see him as a guy who's going to stay at ECU for six years. But, you know, crazier things have happened. And I still think if you're beating Temple by four touchdowns, losing to Temple by four touchdowns late, get him in the game i think game experience at this point is more important because he basically got a redshirt year last year um and that's how i would look at it but i would not blame them if they try to find a way to redshirt him if the scenario works out are you keeping up uh with the game count the you know who's playing how many games guys have played and if not no no not this year You've been doing that in the past. I have. I, I've been wondering where that is. Well, there, see the... Uh, what, Slater? Going, yeah, you know, kinda, Got me kind of busy. But no, I mean, the game participation chart from Pro Football Focus and ECUPowers.com doesn't match up, so I'm trying oh, to figure out who's who like actually has played. Yeah. Like, uh, are Pro there Football any... Focus has Ray Rose playing in like two games, and ECU has him playing in none. So I don't Do know. Do you remember seeing him? He played special teams, special I know, teams. for sure, against Houston. Uh, so are there any interesting names of, of guys that we maybe haven't seen a lot of you think we will these last four games or that you'd like to see in there? You I mean, know, Pop McKay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, the crazy thing is the depth is so good right now. Like, they don't really have to throw anybody in there. And that's the thing, too, with Pop McKay. Like, if this was a video game, like, you'd feel great. The Pirates are almost playing this like it's a video game. You've had your running backs healthy all year. Right. You just keep going to Mitchell and Harris. Now, the problem is there are, like, emotions involved in this and wanting, yeah. having to keep guys happy. So, from that standpoint, you, you'd like to see other guys get in, but you just haven't needed any other running backs to the, this and, point this season. Yeah, no offense to Pop McKay, who I, can think, who I think will be a really good player in time, but why would you take Rajay or Keaton out of the game? Exactly. Like, why would you take both of them out of the game for a guy who's never played before? Yeah. And so, like, to me, unless, one, you know, if one of them's hurt or banged up, then, yeah, you're playing a third back. But knock on wood, they've been able to stay healthy. They've done a good job of, of rotating them, getting them touches. So I feel like they've handled it fine and handled it good. 
now it's to the point where he has not played in eight games, so he could play in the last four games and still redshirt. And uh, that's not counting a bowl game, obviously. Will but. he make his first carry of 2021 on Saturday? I'm going to say no. Okay. But, I mean, I think if ECU gets up comfortably, yes. But I'm picking a close game. Ooh, interesting. There's a tease for next segment. We'll take a timeout, come back. When we return, we'll make some picks. We'll get Igo's thoughts on the season opener basketball next week and also Purple Gold World Series. And we'll make you a winner at the end of next segment as well. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostic Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service the number one priority. Priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back into Pirate Alive. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right. Igo and I are recapping the worst nfl game played in years between his broncos and my football team where heineke throws the pick broncos are ready to seal the deal 35 seconds left i think when they get the ball back (laughs) and they go fumble but they recover yeah incomplete pass why are you throwing fumble turnover to give heineke an opportunity to throw the ball out of the end zone on the last play. Yeah, it didn't game. even like give his guy a chance. There was actually a good bit of Broncos fans at AJ's on Sunday that when I say a good bit, there was like a two couples that were Broncos fans and they were so like comfortable once they had the ball and I go, Oh no and they go, What? And I said, You just y'all just fumbled the football. And uh yeah, that was almost a scary one for the Broncos. I honestly after Melvin Gordon fumbled, I wanted them to lose. Like, I <laughs> wanted them to lose because it was the worst display of uh, final possession clock management I've seen since uh, ECU versus UCF in 2014. Mm. I mean, it, and honestly, it was worse because Denver would have been better off taking a knee three times yeah, and then doing whatever ECU did on fourth down. Who fumbled the first time? Was it, was it Gordon Williams. or Williams? So both running backs Both running backs fumbled. <laughs> And they threw an incomplete pass. <laughs> that is brutal. And they won the game. And they, they won, the, won game. the game. Wow. They gave it to Washington at what the twenty? Yeah. Take you're a few lucky. Cr- cracks yeah. at the end zone here. Wow. Yeah, lucky when you're playing Washington. You're just like, yes. how many ways? Can you're lucky we... to be playing Washington. It, yes, you're right. You're lucky. <laughs> the schedule makers, the West played the East this year. Now they got Dallas on the road. So let's mm. do some picks real quick, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, I go a an astonishing thirty fourteen and one on the year. I'm twenty four twenty and one. I'm four games over five hundred. Feel like I'm doing good. He knows his picks. He I just go, doesn't know his quarterbacks. 
this 16. <laughs> Igo has no clue Davis about the Seals. quarterback position. That has been well documented. Well, we do know that Ryan Tannehill, now that uh, Derrick Henry's gone, by the way. He, he gets to prove himself. He's going to fade into absolute oblivion. I'll tell you, he's not a good quarterback. Carson Wentz. Did you see his two turnovers it's, at the end of the game on Sunday? Somehow they managed to turn it up to overtime. Yeah, where he could throw another interception. Right. Yeah, but great. yeah, that one of the goal line was bad. Uh, I heard the announcer. I hadn't watched a lot of Colts this year. His big, The biggest play was when they threw it up in the end zone and the uh, – db tackled the receiver so they got the ball at the one yep. and the announcer said their best play this year in the past game has been the pass interference like, that's never a good sign when that's the case ecu minus 16 against temple i took the pirates last week what was it 10 nine and a half 10 i'm gonna i'm gonna take them again at home 30 40 30 to 40 41 to 20, 38 to 17. I'll take the Pirates. 41. Huh? Is that you saying East is going to score 41? Ah, uh, 38. Uh, I'm, I just, I can't feel comfortable laying 16 with ECU. It's a lot of points. Um, I think this is a closer game. I, I think ECU wins like 35 to 22 okay i go we'll take temple plus the points steven uh i'm gonna make the wrong pick here i'm gonna go ahead and tell you i just want it to happen so bad i love the wake forest story they're underdogs to north carolina and i'm gonna take the underdog wake forest demon deacons even though they're gonna lose go ahead i go what's the spread though is it, is it like four north carolina minus two okay so it's gone down i saw it open at like four and a half if it would have stayed at that i would have picked um wake but i'm taking unc yeah this is one that's like this is a sucker bet it is complete i'm a full sucker for wake forest smu is a five and a half point road favorite against memphis this will be interesting to see what the tigers do steven we got them coming up smu coming off a loss do they bounce back or do they let houston beat them twice in a row what do you think memphis jekyll and hyde smu i said last week they fade down the stretch every year they got a brutal schedule to finish their year Memphis coming off a bye. I don't know what uh, their their quarterback situation is, but I'm taking Memphis. I'll take SMU. I don't like that either. You're making smart picks. <laughs> and you're not. I know. You're making complete opposite picks of me. All right, Steven, you said last week uh, Mel Tucker had one more big win in him, and he got it against Michigan. We'll talk to Jeff Nadeau in a moment. His favorite pick of the weekend is Purdue plus three at home against michigan state purdue all day i mean you pretty much picked this game last week yeah when you said michigan state wins against michigan and then loses the next week i'll take purdue with you in that one purdue by the way has already knocked off iowa this year trying to knock off another top five team in michigan state that's weird to see them fifth in the country it is weird houston is a 13 point favorite on the road at usf I really want to take the Bulls here, but they didn't show me anything as to why I should do that. Houston, you like their run defense, right? I like their defense. And South Florida, all they can do really is run the ball. 13? I think South Florida hangs around but then collapses late. Houston. Kind of like last week (laughs) against DCU. Uh, I'll take Houston, too. I can't 
fall much further behind you so i'll take the uh, cougars on the road ah no i'm not no nah. they ain't for real i'll take south florida but the bulls are <laughs> good point i go uh what are you excited about next tuesday who do you want to see in Minji's? um is you? Winston, is, i'll be there is winston tabs okay as far as i know i think they've just been holding him out as a precaution Dooley and uh antoine jackson said that he's been practicing but he did not participate in the scrimmages as far as we know right so correct he uh he'll make his first action with the team uh on opening night hopefully ready to go we always have an injury going into the season it, it feels that way especially since Dooley got here i feel like there's been like a lingering injury or two every single year we had to wait a while before tremont and pig made yep. their debuts and then there's been other guys throughout the uh the years as well but hopefully uh fully loaded for tuesday night yeah i would love to see the full roster i think tabs is still going to take until december or so to really work back into true game shape but and you know what south carolina state and canisius aren't bad opponents to not have tabs uh, you know uh, get them out there a little bit but i thought you were about to say they aren't bad opponents but yeah no that's the first thing. i hope they're bad opponents I'm, I'm saying that we don't need to be fully stocked for those guys will ecb 3-0 and going to the Myrtle beach classic so it's canisius western and south carolina state yes we've already done this we already I'm did just, our... i'm just re-asking i mean <laughs> people may have missed uh if you missed and baseball i go you're gonna baseball. be able to get out to clark leclerc this weekend probably not i mean too much going on too much going on with the game i i I might try and swing by saturday morning before the temple game before heading over all right i just saw that the first pick for Ryder giles's team was uh cooch jake cooch nice ah went with the old veteran i go it is november 2nd so let's fast forward to february what's the opening weekend pitching rotation Carson Wisenhunt, Friday night. You do the rest. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Jake Kuchmaner and Garrett Saylor. Hmm. I was interested to see if you would name a new name. If there is a new name that could pitch in the weekend or potentially start midweek, who would that be? Great question. I They have a lefty Merritt Beaker. They have a righty, Trey is savage, but I don't know if he's going to start in the bullpen okay. or what. I just haven't seen enough. I honestly haven't even been out to fall practice, so I don't know, to be quite honest. This is where I need Ronnie Woodward in my life, but he is no longer with us. And I haven't talked to Cliff Galvin on or off the record lately. What, so. what happened to Ronnie? He's no longer with us. Well, once you leave the sports media biz, I have no use for you. You're dead. You're dead. You're not that guy, pal. Just kidding. I like Ronnie. You're not that guy, pal. Good Trust guy. me. You're not that guy. We keep our text chat going. I feel like you... <laughs> Clip never responds on a Sunday, by the way, if you want to text him. He it's just. It's but, like my one day off. But, like, I always I just, I tw- or, uh, text you. Don't get a response. And I'll see you tweeting about, like, what we're texting about, but you don't respond to it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, here's what Clip would have said if he would have responded. <laughs> uh no i like being a part of it i don't you're more of a lurker though than a i'm a lurker and i I don't like unless it's twitter texting during i I, you know i I guess i will tweet sometimes like during braves games after big moments but like boom i like to say boom after a home run because i feel good i mean how can you not feel good after that freddie bomb 
that, that was, was a it. tank yeah so what do you think happens braves and six man i've said it all oh yeah on. you called that tonight's the night he called it from the beginning good stuff thanks steven check out hoistthecolors.net we'll talk to you uh saturday during the pregame all right open up the booty bag bro Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. What are we giving away, Mint Man? $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. How do you like that name? Mint Man. Mint Man. Mint Man. Mint Man. Let's do caller 8. 317-1250. We'll make you a winner right now. Come back with Jeff Nadeau after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. Alright, let's talk some college football from a gambling perspective as the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joins us on the Fixed NC Live line on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Big man, welcome back to the program. How you doing today? Doing well, Clip. How are you? Hey, doing all right. The Pirates uh, got a cover last Thursday, and uh, they've been doing that a lot here of late. And East Carolina will now welcome in the Temple Owls coming to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Temple uh, way down this year, but man, this line uh, has gotten a little wacky. How about ECU minus 17 against Temple? Jeff, we were talking last week about how the, the number against South Florida seemed a little high for east carolina uh they're getting a lot of a lot of credit here a lot of respect from vegas i think this is more about a uh the disrespect towards temple and what they've done this season but uh when you see that number uh beside ecu's name what do you think for saturday uh well i don't have a huge issue with it i mean when you look at the five losses that the temple owls have had all have come by 20 or more so you know when they lose they lose uh, you look at their wins. They've come against Akron, who might be the worst team in the country. Wagner, who's not a Division One team. And then you beat Memphis, who it seems like every week they either win close or just lose. So I, I don't really have much of a that. It's just one of those days. But you look at the last three games, they've been outscored by 111 points. Clip combined. Mm. Two of them were against South Florida, who's dreadful, and Central Florida, who doesn't. Look, if Mackenzie Milton beats you or – or Dylan Gabriel in past years, so be it. But um, you know they lose forty nine seven last week. Obviously, I think when you look at ECU though, there's a lot of, I guess, almost excitement around this team. Yeah. One four of six overall. You know, two wins and they're in a bowl game. You you have to admit at this point, it's becoming more and more likely they're going to beat Temple. And I think you know you really have to look at it and say, I think you can beat Memphis, and I think you surely. You're on the front foot in a favorite probably against the Naval Academy. So 
Yeah, I think it's going to end well for ECU people. I, I know they have a rabid, passionate fan base, and I hope they get there. Um, I always enjoy, Clip, uh, listening to your <laughs> show after the fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you have some uh, very interesting uh, folks that call in. But, yeah, I, I would um, – I'd be almost interested in laying it. I, I just kind of look at Temple, and this team's barely averaging 300 yards a game. They just really struggle to move the ball, and when they lose, they lose bad. Kind of big picture with Temple, Jeff. Historically, not a good football program, but you, you look at the trend with Golden and with Rule and Jeff Collins and those guys just winning a lot of games there, putting together really good, tough, the Temple Tough uh, moniker they use. And you know, we, we've talked about it that at some point it, it was going to run out, and, and it looks like it might have with Rod Carey. I mean, there, Temple does not have a, a, a passionate, rabid, you know, football fan base like an East Carolina, but is there pressure there enough to where they might go ahead and cut ties with Carey, or do you think he'll be around uh, a couple more years? Well, what's the situation up there? Yeah, it was a it was a really bad hire, I think, to begin with. Rod Carey, I've always said, is, is a loser. I mean, he's a loser coach, uh, and I hate to be rude, but he is. I mean, he didn't do much to to, to really right the ship, really anywhere he's been. Um, I think when it comes to Temple, and, and something that I've noticed you know, as a as a basketball fan, really since I was a kid, they're not quick to pull the plug on guys. I mean, obviously, they didn't have to with John Cheney on the basketball side and. Yeah, they gave Fran Dunphy a pretty long leash. I mean, there, there were – I think Fran Dunphy was probably fired three or four years too late. Um, they just didn't make a good hire with Rod Carey. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to have to kind of deal with that. Um, I probably would imagine that if next year it's the same thing, I, I would imagine they'd probably move on. But, you know, you have to remember, Clip, they originally had Manny Diaz who – uh, would have been a home run hire, and you know, he kind of decided up a year, uh, day or two later. I'm I'm not taking them. Yeah, yeah. they kind of had to set. You know, they kind of had to settle on someone like Kerry. Kerry's system just is boring. I think it's old. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it, it hasn't been good in Temple. It's been a complete mess. Jeff and do joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. The action is here, Jeff. We've got college football on tuesday night and wednesday night so let's run over some of these games i know that uh you're not afraid to get involved in in some mac football action coming up tonight eastern michigan a nine-point dog on the road at toledo ball state is a big road favorite against akron 20-point favorite there and that one and then uh miami of ohio at Ohio, Miami, Ohio, a seven-point favorite. All those totals there in the mid to upper 50s. And then on Wednesday night, uh, a couple more games, Northern Illinois, Kent State, Central Michigan, Western Michigan. Jeff, uh, have you looked over the MAC slate the next two nights? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I think all these games are going to be interesting in their own right. One that I'm having my eye on here is Eastern Michigan and Toledo. I've been no stranger to Toledo. I've been involved in a lot of their games this year. I've actually have a winning record backing this team, and I was able to kind of jump off the, 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 the wagon at the right time. I think this team's kind of going the wrong way. They seem to have been going the wrong way. They're not the team of old that we remember where you know they're going to put up 40 points a game. They're a little different this year, a little bit more uh, solid on the defensive end. And let me just be honest, Clip, their, their quarterback play has not been good enough. Um, they, from a passing standpoint, have been a complete mess. They just can't throw the football, really. Uh, they have 
really kind of hit the skids with Carter Bradley. It looks like he's been benched. Uh, and they've went to this freshman quarterback, Daquan Finn, who, you know, is a little bit more Michael Vick-like, but he can't throw the football. And it bogs the offense down. Uh, they have a good defense. I look at Eastern Michigan. I, I definitely feel like backing them over. And not I'm not understanding why they're this big a dog. They've actually been a pleasant surprise this year under Chris Creighton. Uh, ben Bryant, the quarterback, has done a pretty nice job. And you know, they're bowl eligible with a win, which is pretty big in this kind of game. Uh, I'm looking at the nine and saying, you know, maybe in years past I'd lay it with Toledo, but not here. I think this is a low-scoring, knockdown, dragout, 24-21 type of game. I'm going to lean on the Eagles here. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Great to have college football uh, and, and some type of football every night of the week this week and a lot of that throughout november with these teams playing these midweek games jeff uh, let's look at saturday and and i'll highlight a couple games and then we'll get your take on some things i didn't mention that you like but um i've loved to to follow and to back wake forest this year they are now number 10 in the country and now they're hitting their tough stretch they got you know, NC State, BC, Clemson all ahead, and North Carolina coming up this week. And Wake Forest, the 10th-ranked team in the country, is an underdog on the road in Chapel Hill. The total is in the 70s. So at Wake Forest, Jeff, they're probably the same for you and people nationally that they are for people in the state here. And it's – I don't want to say we don't care about them, but there's no passion there. People hate or like, you know, North Carolina, NC State, Duke – and Wake's just kind of out there, you know, uh, they're cute. They'll they'll make a run with Tim Duncan or Chris Paul or Alfa Rukamino in basketball every now and then. Uh, Jim Grobe went to one, you know, BCS game with him in football. That was cute. Nobody takes them real serious, Jeff. Uh, if they win this game, it might be start uh, time to start talking about them as a potential playoff team if they run the table. But they got to get through North Carolina. I, I love this matchup. What do you think about this game on Saturday? Yeah, they've done a really good job down there. It's been fun to watch this team. I, I really like what they have, too. I mean, they're really incredible in the offensive end. One of the better offensive teams in the country. Uh, been money uh, on that side of the football. Sam Hartman's done uh, just a bang-up job. Uh, you look at, I think, the real concern with UNC is is this defense. I mean, this defense is dreadful. Uh, they, go, they don't ever get stops. They didn't get any stops in Larry Fedora. They don't get any stops under Mac Brown. I'm skeptical, though, at this number. I think it's begging you to take Wake Forest. Yeah. Remember, though, Sam Howell is still a good quarterback. Sam Howell has had no trouble moving the ball either. Um, they're going to throw a ton. He's going to run a ton. He is the bell cow of that football team. You know, I look at you know North Carolina clip, and they remind me a lot of Texas last year under Sam Elinger. Just a, a guy that does it all, not a very good defense, and he's going to have to play in a lot of shootouts. Um, you know, I know this total is 76 and a half or, or 76. I, you know, I got to tell you, I, I don't want to pick a winner. I, I think this game is a shootout. Uh, it, it screams like 48 41 to me. I, I don't really want to pick a winner. North Carolina is just always going to be on the front foot. Wake has shown time and time again. Uh, they can't get any stops either. Uh, I think this is a high-scoring game. These games generally, for whatever reason, don't deliver when you think they're going to be really high-scoring. But <laughs> right. um, it's been fun watching Wake. I think you know after last week where they weren't really tested, they're going to get tested this week. And when you have a team 
that can throw the football, run the football against Wake, they're just going to kind of play score for score with you. And when people want to play score for score with Wake, they do it. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, we're going to see the first unveiling of the college football playoff rankings tonight. And you've got several teams that are on the road or at home against a an opponent that could get you. And let me just run over these games, Jeff, and get your quick takes on, you know, are one of these teams that still have their eye on the big prize in trouble this weekend? Ohio State is on the road at Nebraska. That is a noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, Alabama at home against LSU. Eh, probably take care of business there. Oklahoma State still has a matchup with Oklahoma in Stillwater, so if they take care of business, they could get their name up there potentially in the top four. They're on the road at West Virginia. And then Oregon, who has that win against Ohio State, on the road against Washington. So when you look at Oregon, uh, Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma State this weekend, Jeff, uh, do all of them take care of business, or or do you see one slipping up here now that the, uh, the pressure is on? No, I think uh, Oklahoma State will lose this week at uh, West Virginia. That's a uh, that's a tough place to go play. Uh, that's a, a tough atmosphere to deal with. That's a pretty good football team there, Clip West Virginia. They're well coached, got a good defense, a great run game. Letty Brown, Jared Dosh had a huge game last week against uh, Iowa State. Uh, really made them into to mincemeat. He did a great job, I thought. I think uh, Oklahoma State has really just been kind of kicking the tires they've gotten the job done but i think they're kind of remind me a bit of iowa um i think they you know they lost the other week against iowa state um they barely beat texas struggled with baylor this is a real tough game we saw how they struggled on the road at iowa state i think they struggle here as well that's a i think that's one of the toughest places in the country to go play so yeah i like uh i like wvu a little bit here I've been there, Jeff. You're on a mountain. You got the um, the the cult of West Virginia fans singing "Country Roads." It's kind of eerie. It's kind of spooky there. I'm big actually man. a very excited clip. I'm um, we have the fight December 10th in Charleston. I'm actually gonna drive. We're driving out on Wednesday, the the two days before. Uh, West Virginia actually plays that night at, against UConn at home. Oh, nice. And I uh, I spoke to somebody in the in the department there, and they got me into the game. So I'm looking forward to going to that. I will say, Clip, another touchy spot this week, I think, for me, is I like Purdue against Michigan State. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to be eyeing the Boilermakers. Uh, this team has uh, really, to me, been pretty damn impressive this year. Um, you know, they're not going to go to a playoff or a high-end bowl game, but this has been a solid season for uh, Jeff Brom. Uh, Aiden O'Connell's done a nice job. I really like the receivers and the run game. Uh, Brad Lambert, the old Charlotte coach, has done a great job in the defensive uh, room. I like this team, and I think Michigan State, if you could throw the football against Michigan State, you are going to have an opportunity. You look at against Nebraska clip, Purdue threw the ball 45 times. If they do that this week, they will beat Michigan State. Michigan State's pass defense is not good enough. I think Aiden O'Connell could beat this team. I'm calling it now. Purdue beats Michigan State in uh, East Lafayette. And somehow I, I overlooked that one, Jeff. That is a, a perfect uh, for my category that I was bringing up, potential trip-up games, and, and that one is uh, to a T. We've already seen Purdue knock off number two Iowa earlier this year. They'll try to be the giant killer again and take down 
undefeated Michigan State, and that is ABC at 3.30 coming up on Saturday. All right, Jeff, uh, any uh, give us uh, another one that we didn't talk about uh, that you like coming up this Saturday. Yeah, you know, a team that I was real big on preseason, um, Western Kentucky. Yeah. This team's starting to uh, really get going, Clip. Uh, they've won uh, three straight games after just a really tough stretch against Michigan State, UTSA, Indiana, and Army. They've won three in a row, all by 15 or more. Uh, they are at home this week against Middle Tennessee State University. Big favorites here, but they are starting to really get cooking. I think this team is eyeing a conference title. Obviously, it's going to be tough with UTSA, but you know this team is continuing to really batter opponents and beat bad opponents. I know this number won't really jump out at a lot of people. Middle Tennessee State, I think, has a, a kind of a, a, a big uh, loss coming here. They have played absolutely no one recently. You look at some of their step-up games against Virginia Tech, UTSA, and Liberty. They got crushed in all of them. Uh, I really like Bailey Zappi in this offense. I think Middle Tennessee State has some major trouble against a good quarterback here. You know, probably a higher-scoring game as well, but I've been impressed recently by Western's defense. It started to play up. I think a lot of that had to do the poor defense with just the competition they were playing. They are playing some really good football teams, two of which are undefeated still. So, yeah, I, I like Western this week. I'm going to really eye in on that one. Um, and, you know, I, I have my eye all over the place, um, but – I think Purdue is definitely going to be one, and then um, uh, Western will probably. All right. Yeah, I, I keep my eye. Jeff Nadeau joining us. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, Jeff. Uh, more college plays if you got them, and we'll dive into the NFL slate for this upcoming weekend. You can check out Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. Always doing Q and A's, uh, talking a lot of college hoops with that. East Carolina getting underway against South Carolina State next Tuesday. So Jeff, next week. Uh, we'll be talking some college basketball lines with you. That's exciting as well. Yeah, I uh, I really look forward to a clip. Obviously, uh, South Carolina State is a team out of the MEAC who, uh, you know, that should be a win on paper. But I, I'm going to keep saying this clip. I got to tell you, I don't know if there are any auto wins on East Carolina's schedule this year. I think this is a horrific basketball team. All right, you could have saved that for next week or for never, but – you, you speak the truth. I listen. I never sugarcoat stuff. I know. That's what we like about you. You got. You got to bring it to us. Really good. I just got to point this out to you. So South Carolina State, uh, in my research, have some great names as far as some players. <laughs> okay. One of their players, get this guy, redshirt freshman, Jada Kiss Wright. <laughs> and he spells it like Jay to kiss the rapper. Does. Hey, I was a big fan of the locks back in the day. I like it. Uh, who who was it? Yeah. Just Sheik Luch, Styles P, and Jay to kiss. Top five dead or alive. All right, I'll be uh, I'll be pulling for him next Tuesday while I'm at Mid G's Coliseum. Big man, uh, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Talk more football with you. You got it. Thanks, Club. All right, there is Jeff Nadeau about to start mixing in a lot of college basketball talk, so that's exciting because the big man knows his hoops. We'll take a timeout, come back, and wrap up this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is a place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Robert Matthews of Ahoski, the winner of a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Are you one who has been waiting before trying CBD? ENS Hemp is the area leader in CBD, and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, wrapping it up on a Tuesday, coming up Wednesday on Pirate Radio Live. We got a lot of returns. The return of Bryce Williams, the return of Wager McGee, also Jeff Charles, and the head football coach of the J.H. Rose Rampants, Will Bland. All that and more on the way on Wednesday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jenny, great job filling in today. Chandler, Mr. Mint, good job as always. We will see you fine folks coming up Wednesday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Go Braves! <laughs> 